Saturday edition. The number for you is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can join us online anytime you want. Just head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features you'll find there. It is a newly redesigned freetalklive.com, and you can go and see for yourself and give us feedback on what you think. I believe there's a way to do that through the new site at freetalklive.com. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Bakeless Mountaineer. And a wish sandwich. A wish sandwich is a sandwich where you have two pieces of bread and you <laughs> wish you had some meat. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> okay. Well, hello there, Mr. Sandwich. Good to have you. It's the captain. Uh, the We're going to start out with some pretty ugly news that I found, uh, unfortunately, here. Wait, the, wait, wait. Before you do that, is the new Free Talk Live site the Greg special? It is, yeah. Nice. Is. I, I saw that in its, I don't know, beta or whatever, mm-hmm. like previous It's still kind tests. of in a beta. Well, okay, but I saw it in its previous sort of test, and I thought it was cool. Okay, good, good. Yeah, yeah. Some people have uh, given positive feedback on it so far. Uh the Electronic Freedom Foundation is an organization that uh, keeps an eye on things when it comes to government, governments around the, the planet, uh, specifically, I think, more so Western ones, on what they are doing to freedom online, uh, meaning your freedom to, I don't know, express yourself, your freedom to have privacy, things like that. They pay attention to the news and... I, you know, we're over here in the U.S. We don't really pay close attention to what's going on in the U.K., but they've done something there that uh, the people who hate online freedom are very excited about. I like to pronounce it yuck. The U.K., UK. that's a good one. The yuck. The yuck. I like that. You know, they've earned that. that. They totally have. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And it's it's pretty ugly. Uh, They passed what they call the online safety bill. And you probably can imagine that it's a safety bill. Yeah, it's a safety bill. That is, I'm sure, the best I will ever feel about this, Captain. Yeah, yeah. And you know, this is bad news for people that are in the UK for sure, but it's also likely bad news for people outside of the UK. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, if I have, I don't know, a laptop computer or a desktop computer, and I connect to the internet you are in danger am sir. i unsafe in some way shape or form dun, dun, dun. how, how is it that i am unsafe and require government intervention in order to become safe well they you may be safe but they need to know everything about what you're doing in order to make sure that you aren't doing something you're not supposed to do. Well, what if i'm perfectly safe and they don't know about it well they need to know why because you might not be safe what if i am but they don't know. Who cares if they know? They or not? care. Oh, they care. Why do I so care? This, is, this is about the children. But I don't. I mean, care. hey, you know, you asked a question. I'd like to answer it. Sure. You you think that you're safe because you got online? The truth is, you might do something illegal. That's what they're or saying. Or something that they think might be all illegal. Right, all right, all right. Or just something in general they don't like. Like, oh, I don't know, making money and not giving them any. Mm-hmm. Let me posit a similar but different question in juxtaposition. What if I walk outside my front door onto the sidewalk? 
Well, they have Again, you covered. Am I safe? Again, you might do something illegal or something they think is illegal or just something they don't like, like make money and not give well, them wait, some. Wait, remember. And are... that will make you very, very unsafe. And we are talking about the United Kingdom here where they do have thousands of CCTV cameras pointed all over the place in uh, cities like London. I oh, think yeah. they're elsewhere as well. Not to yeah, mention they, they didn't, require they, they, a license for you to have a television. That, they do that. Yeah, that's right. Like They didn't have the foresight to not put one up on on the uh, celebration of George Orwell's life, like the the house that he grew up in, mm-hmm. you can photograph the the plaque where it says "To George Orwell" and the camera. Wow! They didn't bother with that. It's like, no, no. I know it's a dystopian nightmare, but uh, let's be tacky too. We're gonna uh, talk more about this on the way here, but uh, we're gonna start things out with Dave Ridley. He's already on the lines. The number here is six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. We'll tell you more about what they might be doing to your internet, even though you're not possibly in the United Kingdom. Likely, you're not if you're listening to this show. Uh, but uh, Ridley, you're on Free Talk Live from RidleyReport dot com. Saving you from the internet. It reminds me of that scene in the Holy Grail, you know, Monty Python, where, where the guy, you know, he meets five pretty women and in fact comes to save him from them. <laughs> No, my You're favorite part of that movie is the. Uh, my favorite part of that movie is the. Uh, uh, I bring to you these fifteen, ten commandments. He had like three tablets, but like dropped one and it turned into dust. And so instead of fifteen, he presented ten commandments. Mm. But yes, they cannot let us face the peril of the internet. Mm-hmm. It is. It is Castle Perilous. Uh. But uh, uh, Matt Sandburn, I was calling him about uh, Matt Sandburn of NH Exit was able to question presidential candidate Chris Christie about New Hampshire Independent. Yeah, what about it? I have the exact quote here. Uh, Matt asked him, I, I may have been saying his name wrong, I mean, it's Sabrin, and I may still be saying it wrong. But anyway, Matt, Matt Sabrin, um, he says, uh, quote, if one of the states in the country, whether it was New Hampshire or any of the other 50 states, voted to peacefully secede, would you let them go? Christie says, quote, I would do everything I could to make sure they didn't. I want to keep all 50, unquote. Yeah, well, that's what you would expect from a tyrant. Yeah. Yeah, and so so what does that mean? Everything I could? So, like, oh, yeah. he could murder as in, somebody. He could as murder in somebody, civil war. Right? Well, right, and so as he, a you know representative, if you will, as a person employed by the government of the United States, everything he could literally means violence. I mean, gulags, seriously, mm. literal gulags. We are we are talking concentration camps, which I honestly see him being willing to do. We're talking if that's asking, what it takes. asking the military to take a stand on American ground against American citizens. This, by yeah, the way, uh, is, is not an unpopular idea. I mean, it is not a majority of people who support this. I believe uh, Reigns and Edge talked about this on their show last night here on the Free Talk Live network of shows. Uh, story that I had in show prep, but they covered it already, so it won't get too deep. But basically, around 25%, according to a new study uh, from Colby College, assistant professor Nicholas Jacobs, it's approximately 25% of Americans who are already on board with the idea of independence for their state. Uh, according to the survey they did, they asked three questions. Uh, do you favor the opposite party's state seceding? So if you're a Republican, are you in favor of California right. leaving, that sort of thing? Uh, over 25% said yes to that. Uh, then uh, the, the another question was, 
it makes sense to see the country split up or to split the country up. And a little under 25% supported that one, maybe about 24%. i am looking at a bar graph here, so I don't have the exact numbers. And then uh, the final question was, my state would be better off leaving the United States. And that one was slightly over 25%. So about a quarter of Americans right now are ready to go. They're ready okay, to leave look, the United States. The United Union. States of America, if you understand it properly, when it was founded, is a consortium of already divided states, right? And so then the federal government comes in and somehow perverts this into uh, cooperation between these individual states, i.e. countries, right? Uh, uh, American, the United States uh, vernacular has been perverted to describe states as part of the federal government, whereas these states are individual countries. They are supposed to be countries. Mm, they New were. Hampshire should be a country, right? Wisconsin should be a country. Washington should be a country. Utah should be a country. New Hampshire was a country. Mm. Right, and that's what I'm saying. These were all founded as independent nations, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So the idea that this would sort of be a devolution, right, a, a devolving of the United States into, oh my gosh, they sub- no, that's how it was founded in the first place. What happened is... All these states got together and kind of agreed that, like, we would have this other thing, you know, to cooperate on, like, defense and do some administrative, some secretarial stuff. And this grew into the largest empire the earth has ever seen. The natural state, if you will, for the United States is to be 50 different countries. Absolutely right. In my opinion. I mean, it's it's the same experiment that they're doing in Europe now, only it's much accelerated there because Europe wasn't formed by a bunch of people who did not want to be part of a central system. Europe went the opposite way and they went, hey, we're a bunch of separate states. Let's try and unify and call it the European Union. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. In much the same way that the United States is the union of states in this particular geographic area. And it's not going well. Well, Britain said goodbye. They did the whole Brexit thing. I mean, Britain, as bad as it is, decided they didn't want to deal with the uh, European Union's rules anymore, and they exited from the EU. By the way, the EU did not send a military invasion force. Uh, The EU has not put on economic sanctions against them. A lot of the, the fears that come up whenever you talk to Americans about United States states seceding from the USA... Uh, Those things didn't happen over there. And so I don't think there's really much reason to believe they're going to happen here, but it's hard to get over that. Now, I want want the United States to definitely secede, like all of them. Like every Ah, state state should be their own separate entity and feel free to— You may see some regional alliances. Okay, but like since that seems to be like an already predictable outcome— Right. Let's get ahead of the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Sure. Let's let's go. Let's New Hampshire. Let's go New Hampshire. Let's go. Let's get ahead of the ball. Let's let's realize the economical uh, impact of that first. Let's figure out how to be first in the union at something, and let's secede from the United States of America. Let's become our own entity. Let's figure out how to make our own rules, and that will be, of course, more freedom-oriented because of the large population of libertarians that's already here and in office. One of the nice things about New Hampshire from a political perspective, and generally I find this to be detestable because so many politicians come here and it's they're gross, but it is kind of nice that from one aspect, that so many politicians come here because even though New Hampshire is this really small state, it's got this first-in-the-nation primary thing, 
and that attracts these politicians here and it allows people like what you're talking about dave like matt sabarin who's the the, the founder of the new hampshire independence pack uh, which is a New Hampshire independence uh, secessionist group here in New Hampshire. He's been going to these politicians' speaking engagements and has been attempting to bird dog them either while they're on stage or catching them afterwards and asking them, getting them on the record about independence. Not because we believe anything that they say, right? They're politicians. Everything that comes out of their mouth is probably a lie, right. but simply because. We could parlay that into some level of publicity, right? Like if you can get Donald Trump to say, and this hasn't happened yet, but if you can get Donald Trump to say, I'll invade with the troops or that's fine. See you later. Whatever it is that he would say to the question of New Hampshire peacefully declaring independence, that could result in like news media coverage if we put that out there Mm. and then possibly more, you know, media coverage means more people are talking about secession And one of the candidates on the Republican side, I think it was Vivek Ramaswamy at a, um, I think it was a Free State Project, actually, where this happened. Uh, There was a Free State Project Porcupine Freedom Festival. They invited these politicians to speak. That's a whole other controversy. But uh, they were on stage. A guy got up and asked Vivek Ramaswamy about, you know, what would he do in uh, the event that New Hampshire were to declare a peaceful independence. Now, most of these politicians have been sliming out of directly answering the question, RFK Jr., Vivek, um, and some other guy. At least to Christie's credit, and there's not a lot of credit this guy deserves because he's scum of the earth. Oh, that he actually answered? Yeah, I'm a tyrant. I'll totally take him over. He actually kind of answered the question. Uh, Larry Elder also gave a decent answer. He's actually the only one who's given a decent answer, which is to say that Secession should be considered, essentially. Mm. He thinks he said it's not a crazy idea and we wow. should be talking about it. Uh, so kudos to Larry Elder yeah, for, for that particular for, answer. I mean, letting us self-determine. But I'm pretty sure it was Vivek who actually said something, and I don't have the quote in front of me, uh, but he actually said the more people talk about this, the closer it comes to being real, and he wants to make sure the union stays together. So he's all about... You know, elect me and I'll keep the union together. And so he's by no means in favor of secession. But he had at least acknowledged the reality that if you want something to happen, people have to believe that it can happen. Mm -hmm. And once people believe it can happen, then it can. Right. It actually can. uh, Look, the way I see this, uh, we are headed toward a, a, a monetary cliff. Oh, like yeah. The, the, the monopolar world yeah. is ending. Mm-hmm. Now, we can either just hold on to this ride until it explodes, and that's most likely what the rest of the United States are going to do. We might see some exceptions in mm-hmm. you know Florida, Texas, California. They, they might also go, hey, let's get off this ride before it crashes. But either we hold on to this and we experience a tremendous amount of pain or we start moving in that direction now before we are forced by economic circumstances to forge our own path anyway yeah exactly um in addition to these secession numbers and by the way uh, dave thanks for the call he dropped off the line so definitely appreciate hearing from you appreciate the the news update How do you there. find Dave's stuff? Ridley uh, RidleyReport.com. Ridley it's also on Odyssey as Ridley Report. He does video uh, journalism, I guess that you could call legendary, it. legendary, man. He's an independent um, how journalist. How do the kids say? Based. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ridley right. is based. Ridley yeah. is based. He's old school. Uh, so a story I had in relation to, we'll get back into the UK and what's going on over there with the internet in a moment, uh, but 
So about 25% of Americans, according to a recent study, are saying they're ready to go now. Okay, right? well like then secession. a large portion of that 25% who are ready to secede need to immediately move to New Hampshire and join us in the secession movement. If you believe in liberty. Now, here's the thing. The problem with the secession movement is it isn't inherently libertarian. Okay, so Right. If you believe in right. secession and you want a left state, go to California. Right. If you want a right state, go to Texas. Exactly. That if would be you, the way to do it. Right. If you want a free state, a we've got a project state, for you. if you will. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you want to abolish the state, right. then, uh, you know, come to New Hampshire. If you want a yeah. small state, yeah, you could come and like, to New Hampshire. Like, but. to some extent, just to accomplish the mission of secession, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it might behoove people who, yeah, okay, well, it sounds like that. Maybe I should go to California. Maybe I should go to Texas, right? But if you're willing to work towards the actual goal of seceding from the United States, I personally would welcome you. Okay. All right. Well, I would. I don't know and, how I feel about it. And then maybe it. along the way they become abolitionists. Okay. Maybe. Well, I'm. I'm all for. Uh, Appreciate the optimism. I am all for working with our uh, cousins in uh, Texas and California to help mm-hmm. them secede. Right. And have their independent states. Um, at this point, even if you're not a, a nice, principled, voluntary, but like, you want to reduce government, mm-hmm. if you want to move in the direction of less government, enough. and you're yeah. like, you know, I think a watchman state's essential, but man, we are so far from that. Come on up. I'll take up. those guys, yeah. Come yeah. on up. Maybe we could do like uh, like the sports teams do, like the NFL. We could be like, hey, Texas, you got like some activists that are a little over the top for you. Well, we got some activists here that are a little, little under we'll the swap, top. right? You know, like Activist we'll trade swap. you these two guys for right. those two guys, and you know, midseason, see what happens to the playbook. Yeah, you know, California. If you've got some like real holdouts on that anti-war stuff, send them up here. We mm-hmm. love those guys. So, um, a few other interesting numbers from Pew Research that Pew. came out within the last Pew, Pew, Pew. week, actually Pew. several days ago. Only 4% of Americans now say the political system is working extremely or very well, with nearly (laughs) three-quarters saying it isn't. There's 4% of Americans who think the system is working extremely well. Uh, Or very well. 63% of Americans say they have little or no confidence in the future of the U.S. political system. 63% little or no confidence in the future. You know, if we were as cool as Canada, we could have a vote on that. Then we'd all officially know that we had no confidence, and then the Queen would tell us we have confidence anyway. Well, and and so I think it's interesting the sort of the discrepancy between the viewpoints that people have. You got about a quarter of Americans saying they're fine with secession, but 63% don't have any confidence or little confidence in the future of the entire U.S. political system. So there's there's a big gaping you know hole in between that 25 and 63 percent of people these are people who yeah, presumably 33 percent what are they doing uh, presumably they just haven't figured out that secession could be a thing they're right like they're not thinking yeah, about fine. it it hasn't been presented to them which is why i say that 25 percent of people already in favor of seceding is a really great starting point to be at we're not at 10 percent. we're not at two percent it's 25 percent and you've got 63 percent of americans having no confidence virtually in the entire system all we got to do is persuade that 30 something percent to change their mind and on secession me personally as a human being i am totally guilty of 
not really fully thinking politics out until I was 38 or mm-hmm. like even beginning, right? Like I, I still probably haven't fully thought it out, but like I didn't start to think about it until I was like 38, right? Uh, maybe Ron Paul campaign-ish era, right? Kind of a thing. And so my take on the average American person is they also have not thought any of this through. I don't care where you live. I don't care if you're in a a blue state or a red state or whatever. Um, And a lot of people are like, well, I guess I'm kind of in the middle. Well, no, no, you're not. You just don't agree with either the left or the right. Right. And so that means you're. That makes you a little more sane, I think. It does. Yeah. Like, I think people who are in the middle are probably, if they were to think about it logically and rationally, Mm -hmm. would fall towards the voluntarist category. Right. And I just say that because I've encountered so many people who I know for a fact haven't thought it through. They just, you know, oh, I saw this on TV the other day. They regurgitate whatever they saw on the TV, whatever their favorite news channel is. And then they say that. And then, but they can't defend their positions with any sort of coherent thought or factual backup or anything. They just haven't thought it through. They just regurgitate what they saw on TV. And if you're able to sit them down and drill them down and spend some time with them, they come to the conclusion that. (laughs) <laughs> the one, the same conclusion we've come to, which is uh, all human interaction should be voluntary uh, with consent. So uh, the numbers here back what you're saying, or at least back your personal experience, meaning that as you were a younger person, you didn't really get it. You weren't paying attention. Sure enough, younger adults are somewhat more likely than older adults to say the political system's working well. 35% of adults under the age of 30 say the system's working at least somewhat well, compared with only 29% of those from 30 to 49 and 24% of those 50 and older. So the older you are, the more experienced you are at how much this all sucks and it's coming to you're coming yeah, well, to that and realization. The brainwashing washes off at a certain point, mm-hmm. and our media, which if is how they look up, at it, right. right? Well, our media, which was how they updated their brainwashing, so that we stayed in, completely enslaved to their yeah. narrative, uh, that is no longer dominated by a central framework. So all of these kids that are close to the original twelve years of brainwashing, they have a much easier time of thinking in the way that the world controllers would like them to. I am very impressed with the amount of people I've seen come to at least through Keen to like our. Media meetups that I go to and stuff like that who are under 40. Mm. Right? I've been impressed. We got more coming up here. Uh, you can share your thoughts with us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're here on the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live, the UK online safety bill. Yuck. We'll talk about it coming up. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by that treasury. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first, nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya Protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. 
It's Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program. The number if you want to join us here, 603-283-6160. We have some terrible news from the yuck, as Captain has called it. Also known as the UK. The UK. You pronounce it, though. It's yuck. I like it. I like that. Uh, and it is pretty disgusting. What I guess we should say the yuck. What they're going to be doing, possibly, to uh, the idea of encryption. A way to keep things private that you want to keep private. Well, they're saying that's about done for. And we'll tell you more about what the plan is or that has been passed now, apparently, by the uh, parliament there in the UK. That's still to come here tonight with you in the studio. It's Ian. Peakless Mountaineer. And the Reverend Captain Kickass. Big thanks, by the way, to our supporters of this show. Elizabeth, who is a platinum subscriber to our AMPS program. AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support free talk live it is a way for what, you to can't contribute get excited for sponsors you, you can, can get excited about anything you want Indeed. Can't uh so thank you uh, elizabeth for supporting the show in fact she's doing at least five times what we ask we only ask for five dollars a month she's doing at least 25 so thank you for that uh you can do uh, five bucks a month over at amps.freetalklive.com that takes you to our patreon page and that gets you access to special perks like the amps only podcast which features the full radio show without the pesky commercials uh, so you can go and enjoy that over at amps.freetalklive.com. And it helps us advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live. Let's go back to the phones here. Gigi is on the line in South Carolina. Go Gigi. ahead, Gigi. Hi, everybody. Hi. I haven't called in for a few weeks. Welcome. So good evening. What's on your mind tonight? I have two points I would like to make, and then I have a question for our listeners across the nation as well as our hosts this evening. All right. Number one. In recent American history, we have already witnessed and experienced American citizens rounded up, placed in various internment camps, their citizenship revoked, their personal and communal properties confiscated, the Mm -hmm. Japanese-American citizens. Agreed. That's right. So we've already experienced that, and don't ever think... These types of things cannot happen again. Great point. If yeah, the powers they have oh, during an no, emergency are the powers they have. Take the needle out of your arm, baby. Okay. Now, my first point, you were referring to independent nations prior to the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Let me please, as a former American history professor at Florida International University in Miami, Let me please rephrase that, not meant to be disrespectful or obnoxious, but let me use proper verbiage. The Articles of Confederation, the Continental Congress, they were independent colonies, formerly European-owned property, territory, resources, and people. A transformation was then made into these United States of America, hence federal. No, 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 no. You're you're skipping the state. No, no, no. You're skipping a step. When a colony secedes from the from their colonizer. Can I please finish? Yes. Thank you. Then there was a decision made by the federal authorities, hence the central government. When you can control territory, you control resources, you control 
income. You control what's coming in and out, not only mobility, but trade. This is all a part of ownership. And as the captain always emphasizes, and I might point out correctly, it is a form of coercion. It is a form of violence. Okay. Uh, Peekless, do you want to say what you were trying to correct? I will listen attentively to your perspective, sir. Yeah, that uh, when, when the colonies threw off their colonizer, they became an independent state. And when they did that, they were their own uh, states, nations, countries, mm-hmm. uh, their own political entities, uh, commonwealth in some cases. That, but I Whereas, will respect like, your perspective. Okay, well, you interrupted him now, so let's let him finish what he has You're to right, say. You're right. I beg your pardon. Yeah, for example, as uh, as we have a, col- a caller very frequently remind us, uh, Pennsylvania was, in fact, a commonwealth. Which is also something referred uh, reserved for essentially what we would now consider an empire, but a uh, a collection like of Puerto states. Rico? I wasn't like referring the, to like the way we refer to Puerto Rico as a commonwealth. I would agree with you. Okay, um, so you said you disagreed earlier with what Peacock's Mountaineer was saying about these uh, colonies becoming countries when they declared independence. And it's just a simple yeah, matter of history. And I'll explain why. Okay, well, you can get to that in a moment, but I'm going to explain okay. that you're incorrect. It's a simple matter of history. New Hampshire declared independence, I believe it was two years prior to the uh, the formation of the United yeah, right. States. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. sometime prior, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. in New Hampshire's constitution, the what is now called governor was originally called the president right. of New Hampshire. Correct. So Correct. that is, it is a fact that New Hampshire and probably some of the other ones were independent nations of their on their own volition who decided to come together to form a union. Yeah, at that time they weren't even a confederation, not even a loose confederation. It was this is a state, a nation. Mm-hmm. Okay, Gigi. I guess I would just uh, differ with you, gentlemen, on the noun. I wouldn't say an independent nation. I would say an independent territory. Well, because the, the territory no, no, no. suggests that you weren't recognized territory? amongst themselves as a nation, but rather a territory. Who is, whose That's territory? Nonsense, Gigi. A territory has Pardon to belong. Me? A territory has to belong to something, right? Right. So, to the people residing within it. I mean, I get what you're saying, Gigi. If you're talking about the colonies, right? That makes sense yes. that, that the colonies were owned by the British Various Empire. Europeans. Right. The, we'll call it the British Empire for lack of a, a better, you know, well, one no, thing to, to talk had, about. You had Swedish, you had French, you had Spanish, you had Dutch, as well as British. Okay. But once the colonies decided to no longer be owned, if you will, by well, any that of came those with entities. The Declaration of Independence. No, that it came no, before that. It precedes the independence of New and Hampshire. Grievances, and then they said we're seceding. The independence of New Hampshire precedes the independence of these United I States. I agree with you on. Okay, that well, hold on, hold on. Prior. So, so let's look at that moment in time. So okay. would you not consider it to be a nation at that moment in time? I guess before... I wouldn't use that noun, but I would agree with the premise 
of what you gentlemen are saying. I just wouldn't use the noun nation. So you're saying the only reason you wouldn't give it the noun nation is because you don't think anyone else recognized them as a nation? Absolutely. Yes, Hmm. sir. Okay. So this is the same thing that uh, countries that are trying to form today have to deal with. This is the Mm -hmm. same kind of bias. Oh, absolutely. Let's look at at the Palestinians and uh, Quebec, the Kurds. They Mm. want independent territories with an identifiable boundary, their own culture, their own language. And why shouldn't they be able to have it? All the outsiders refuse to give them that recognition. Okay, so if, let's just say, uh, New Hampshire. Pardon me, do I? I said, as do you. Well, well, let's... No, that's not true. I have no problem with an independent Palestinian state, nation, country, whatever noun we should describe it to, or for the Kurds or for Quebec. Okay, let's just take New Hampshire as an example then. Okay. If... Uh, the people of New Hampshire voted and said, hey, we want to secede from the union. And there was, you know, I don't know, 52% or whatever of the people who said, yep, that's what we want. And then all the people of New Hampshire. I feel that they should uh, hang on, hang on. that all, right. All the people of New Hampshire then also took the next step of like, you know, I don't know, picking up their, their guns or whatever and like standing at the borders just to make a show of it. Right. Well, you know, the federal authorities would never permit that. It doesn't matter whether they permit it or not. It was a right, choice of the, the people the, the of the state of New Hampshire. Of now, hang New on, hang on, Gigi, hang voted on. Voted in a majority. Hang that's what we want to do. Gigi, I hang feel on. yes, they should have a right to do that. Gigi, stop for a minute. Right. Okay. So we're in a hypothetical situation. None of this has actually okay. happened. Hypothetically, the people of New Hampshire all voted. Right, a majority said, "Yeah, we want to be an independent nation." And then, as a show of, yes, this is what we want to do, everybody just sort of, you know, picked up their guns and stood around the borders and said, this is what we're going to do. Do you think that the federal government is going to take violent action against us? Oh, absolutely they would. Why? In a heartbeat. Why? They don't want to lose the resources, the manpower, the production potential. So they'll destroy it rather than lose it. The port cities as well as the revenue so they would destroy those people by bombing them or I don't shooting them? Feel that I wouldn't put it past the federal government or even possibly the governor to take mm. military and or legal political action against what the residents voted for in a majority. Look what's in the news right now with the nation of India, okay? There is a movement of... Punjab, a majority of Sikh religious community. They are residents, and they have been promoting a secessionist movement. India is not going to permit it. They have already, on repeated instances, sent in federal military troops to Mm. quash it. Okay. Well, not every secession movement results in violence. So we gave you the example earlier tonight of Brexit. Are you familiar with Brexit? Yes, sir. Okay. Was there an invasion of Great Britain when they determined they were going to leave the European Union? Oh, oh, yes. They did it in Northern Ireland on the border, and it's still enforced. What are you talking about? There was no, no. He's talking about Brexit. Yes, I'm familiar with what Brexit is. Okay, who invaded Ireland? Northern Ireland. The British shut down what was temporarily 
when Brexit was originally enforced, the British military went back in, shut down the open border. Okay, I'm not familiar with this. That's I was referring still not to a military invasion of Britain. I was I referring to the European Union. So just to clarify here, Gigi, maybe there's been a miscommunication. Northern, Ir- yeah, Northern Ireland border. is part of the UK. Yeah, Gigi, we're not talking about the Brits fighting with Ireland or the Irish, Irish fighting Neither with the Brits. I. That sounds Neither like what you're talking I. about here. Uh, we're talking there about was, Great Britain leaving the European Union. area over water between Ireland and Northern Ireland, and it was once again shut down with an open policy for a while. Shut down a by brief whom? Period when Brexit was enforced, no customs, no visa. Okay. Who no shut it down? Who shut it down? Open trucks Gigi. back and forth for Gigi. trade and. Who shut it down? The British. Okay, that's not what we're talking about. Okay, what I asked you about, what we were talking about, is when the British left the European Union. Did the European Union invade Great Britain? No, they did not. Okay, has the European Union put uh, sanctions against economic sanctions against Great Britain? Yes, they did. In what way? Oh. In terms of import taxes on British products. Oh, you mean they, they no longer had the agreements that they had under the European Union? Correct. Yeah, that's right. not the that's same thing not as the sanctions. same as sanctions. Sanctions is where you're prohibited from doing any business whatsoever with people in a certain not country. Not always. Some sanctions. No, you're, t- are you're confusing taxes with, with tax with sanctions. Yes. I can understand are, why, but I, I get I get it. Thank you for the call. Sanctions are a punitive action. Well, I mean, certainly taxes are punitive as well. So, okay, I mean, I get that. But, but uh, sanctions are in response to some other action. Usually, yeah. Right, usually right. as yeah. a punitive action. Yeah. And it's usually, you know, you are going to go to prison or whatever if you violate the sanctions right. as opposed to getting a tax bill or something like that. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, what they did was not sanctions. What they did was uh, what you would expect a country that is no longer part of that union to interact with that country. Yeah, that's exactly what you would expect. Now, if there was, uh, if they're like, no, we insist on you coming back into the union, you come back right now, then they'd have been like, okay, no more trading with uh, with Britain. Yeah, no one here is allowed to, or, or at least at the very least, they would have said, okay, no one's allowed to trade anything but oil. You know, or whatever yeah. it was that, like, okay, we recognize that we still need you for this, so we'll let people do that. But all these other things, don't you go buying those things. We need to punish these these people for going away. Right. So what she was describing is essentially a renegotiation of whatever trade agreements they right, had under right. under the EU, as right. Great Britain I, is now an independent country. For I that. posit that if a, a state such as New Hampshire were to vote themselves out of the union, when and take action to see that that actually occurred, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever that action might be. It's going to be probably actions, right? Mm-hmm. Probably more than one action. That there's nothing that the United States government would do about it. Well, I mean, they're going to have, there's going to be some kind of negotiation, right? Like, okay, but I'm just saying violence? that, like, they're not going to bomb New Hampshire. They're not going to invade That's like the New most Hampshire insane thing, right? with, like, military force or whatever, right? 
Uh, those things. That's those, the most common objection, Captain. Right. That that's what, what I'm saying. Really like, believe that, but that's not going to happen. I understand that it's the most common objection, mm-hmm. but it's totally not going to happen. Why not? Well, why would it? Well, I agree with you. I mean, it's counterproductive. Well, because they, it's totally because, counterproductive to everybody. Well, it's, it's against hold on. everybody's no, I think interest. That's, I think that's a fair question. Why would it happen? Well, because these are toddlers. These are children who would rather break a toy than mm. see you playing with it when they want it. So uh, everything that has already been said about the heinousness of the largest empire on planet Earth would not only become more true, mm-hmm. but visibly so. Mm. Right? So they would literally be digging their own grave by taking any action against any state. doesn't matter if it's New Hampshire or New Mexico or whatever. Right? It doesn't matter. Utah. I don't care. Right? Any state that decided to secede, voted for it, and then like, you know, hey, hey, everybody, uh, let's, uh, you know, stand up and enforce our borders for a minute. Right, something along those mm. lines, or at least like you know, not let uh, United States government personnel in. Everybody else is fine. Something along those lines. Uh, it would be very bad PR. Yes, it would for mm. the quote United States of America unquote to do anything violent to that because then they're declaring war upon their own people. I get where you're coming from, and I tend to agree with you, but I'm going to play devil's advocate on this one as well here. Um, They clearly don't mind bad PR, right? Like, they put Ross Ulbricht in prison for uh, two life sentences plus 40 years. I mean, they are absolutely horrific as far as the war on drugs. They've just been violent against people all around the planet. Certainly, this is different in that it would be them being violent against what was their own people. Um, So there is that aspect, and maybe that would be a deterrent. But at the same time, I, I mean, these are so psychopaths. I, well, okay, so it would I, be right, going. It would be going against their own. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Their own indoctrination, their own brainwashing. Right. Mm. Uh, the United States government has indoctrinated everybody who went to public schools into believing that uh, as long as you're in the geographic area known as the United States. You're free, <laughs> and you're going to be sort of like you know free to be able to move about the United States, except and, for free to say and, goodbye and, and, you're not and do what you want that. and all that kind of stuff, right? Now, if they start bombing the home team, the home team it's themselves is going to go. Wait a minute. Yeah, I am on your well, side. Hold on, on hold this. on. No, I'd like to. I'd like you to explain what you mean by going. Wait a minute. Like, what do you think that the population of the United States well, would then? No, no, it's like. It's How more would they about the population of, if we're using the example of New Hampshire, mm-hmm. right? Let's take everybody in New Hampshire that ever uh, was uh, a member of the armed forces, mm-hmm. right? Now, all of a sudden, the United States military is, you know, I don't know, bombing us or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Bombing the state of New Hampshire or they're invading with troops or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think the people who live here now that, that formerly served are going to lay down and take it? I don't think they no. will. No, definitely not. Okay. And so but the question, is, I think, was about what the rest of America would do, right? Right, right. Uh, the rest of America, I think, would wake up. I would hope I they would wake up and go, stop why, ever betting on that. Why are, why is the United Look, States declaring war I'm on sorry, itself? Like, I'm sorry, at some point you have to give up. Because, like, they didn't wake up during COVID. They're not mm. waking up for New Hampshire's mm. independence. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just talking They're not going to wake up. I'm not talking about the average. I'm talking about specifically current and former military. Of the United States? Yes. 
I don't think that they're going to spontaneously form a military to go against the United States military. Yeah, it seems to me like most Americans that's would not cower. What I'm suggesting. What I'm suggesting is that those who served previously mm-hmm. would go, wait a minute, this mm-hmm. is wrong. Uh-huh. I think a lot of people yeah, would great. say it's wrong. And then what? I think that's true. And then what? Well, we would have to you know, be in that situation to find mm-hmm. out. Well, right. So I don't think that the, the ex-military of America suddenly you know, coming to their senses about this is going to help us in that circumstance. And this no. is why, like, uh, don't get me wrong, I absolutely believe for pushing for independence at every mm-hmm. possible term. But I think that the actual path is something that is more gradual and thus more peaceful. Mm-hmm. I think that what you slowly but surely I would love nothing more than a more peaceful path. Right. Well, and that's, and that's I think, the way it has to happen in order for this to accomplish uh, effectively is that you change the culture of New Hampshire to start thinking of themselves less and less as attached to the most violent gang on the planet mm-hmm. and more and more their own sort of we like to be over here doing our own thing. And as you do that, people simply become less compliant with tax laws. They become less compliant with all of the regulations on business. And we just start doing more and more, a little bit here, no, a little I'm, bit there, of New Hampshire's own thing until it reaches a point where we're like, Hey, we should just go ahead and formalize this since we're already doing our own thing anyway. I, I'm with mm. you, and you and I agree on, yes, that's the best tactic, right? I want peaceful resolution mm. to this conflict that we have with this entity known as government, mm-hmm. right? I want everybody to realize that you uh, have the power. Descent, like Be the president of yourself. Be the captain of yourself, as I always say. Mm-hmm. Right. This is the way forward. Right. If you just simply take responsibility for yourself completely and 100 percent, don't outsource your crap to the government. Don't be like, well, yeah, I really care about the poor, but I don't do anything about it. I just Mm. let my taxes. No, then Mm. you don't care about the poor. Right. Like you actually don't care. You just think that somebody else taking your money is going to take care. You're outsourcing that responsibility. Mm-hmm. You feel like you should be helping the poor, but you don't but you do anything no about attention. it. You, you pay no attention <laughs> to anything that's going on in your own community, much less anybody else's community, about the poor because yeah. this entity is taking money from you and they falsely convinced you that they're doing something about the poor. They're not. Right. They're In fact, they're keeping the poor poor and they're making more poor every day. Yeah. Right. So like this does not occur. So this is the waking up part that I talk about. Right. When people realize that, oh, my gosh, I can no longer outsource this responsibility. Right. If you were able to keep all of the money that you make and then go, wow, you know, I'm doing pretty well. And there's some people on the planet that are not as well off as me. Let me research a charity or two. Let me uh, let me do some volunteering. Mm-hmm. Let me find out where, like, if I want to donate, you know, one percent, five percent, ten percent of my money, mm-hmm. or time, or effort, or a combination of all those things to some charity to make a dent on the poor, right? Where is it most effective? That's how poverty gets solved, mm-hmm. not by absolving yourself of responsibility and allowing your quote tax money unquote to like take care of the poor for you so you don't have to freaking think about it well that's a way to get rid of government welfare but if you really want to solve poverty i think the best way would be to get the government out of the way of people starting their own businesses for instance to that extent poverty can never be solved poverty is the default state of the human being 
I disagree completely about when that. When you fall out that of your mother's point. vagina, no, it is, it is, it you is have no default, wealth. Sure. You are impoverished. Yeah, it is the default setting, but that doesn't mean that we're stuck with it forever. No, so, no, I no, mean, no. Uh, what course, you would yes. see, what but I'm would just saying you don't eliminate had... poverty because you're born impoverished. Right. And what you would see if the government would butt out for a second is that people would, on the on the right, they would have a lot of church organizations, and on the left, they would have a lot of community organizations, and they would basically get together and do the same thing, analyze the problems that oh, they and, have. And sometimes the poor, they would cooperate with example. each other for a greater impact. Right. And just like every private organization that's doing charity, they'd spend 80% of their wealth on the actual thing. But if you really want to solve poverty, we have to stop using a printable dollar. That's another important aspect to it as well. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We got the terrible news out of the UK Yuck. Uh, about their internet restrictions, which could be affecting the rest of the world. We'll explain why coming up. Some of you have wanted to support Free Talk Live's mission on a monthly basis, but don't want to support Patreon. Now we have an alternative that also helps our premier streaming platform, Odyssey. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join at the top of the channel. You can subscribe for $5 per month and unlike other subscription services, Odyssey adds their processing fee on top. So it'll cost a little over $5 per month, but Free Talk Live will receive the entire amount you pledged. Higher donation tiers are available if you're feeling so inspired. You'll get a special membership badge that's visible in the Odyssey chat room, and if we get enough supporters, we may enable members-only chat. This new subscription method is a great way to decentralize our direct listener support away from just Patreon and also support a libertarian-run business, Odyssey. Please visit video.freetalklive.com and click join to subscribe to our Odyssey channel and help support spreading our message around the planet. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join today. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the second hour of the program here. Live Saturday show. The number if you want to join us. It's 603-283-6160. We've been talking about a favorite topic, although I didn't start the show with this. Secession. We got on the uh, the discussion. Let's GTFO. <laughs> as soon as possible, yeah. That stands for get the heck out of here. Yeah. GTFO ASAP. Yeah, exactly. Can't happen soon enough. Um, and Could we please? Quite- Could we? New Hampshire. Come on, you're listening. Anywhere. I mean, uh, California, uh, Catalonia, New Hampshire. Puerto Rico. Wherever. I, 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 wherever. I, 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 um, you know, get out of the United States. It is a, uh, it's coming down, right? Like the, the system is going to crack and right. it's going to break. And, and the smart thing would be to get ahead of that ball yes. and just become states. Indeed. Make America states again, as some people have said. Um, it's a great start. Now, I mean, my personal philosophy is that states shouldn't even exist. I agree. However, I agree. comma, uh, dissolving the largest empire that the earth has ever known, it's a good start. Yeah, uh, that's that's a major step towards decentralization, and I'd rather have a government that I can go drive an hour to get to its headquarters here in Concord, New Hampshire, uh, than one that is a thousand miles away from me. Right. Uh, at least or we completely can, inaccessible yeah. to you as an individual. Yeah, at least we can go to the governor's house if we got a real problem. And we have done that 
many times uh, during the COVID situation here in New Hampshire. Uh, here tonight, it's Ian. Peakless Mountaineer. And the Reverend Captain Kickass. Um, so we're going to get back into the story in a moment that we started the show with, which is the uh, the United Kingdom and their ridiculous restrictions they're going to be putting on the internet and how that could affect you, even if you're not in the United Kingdom. But um, there were some more interesting numbers that, that I wanted to share from this Pew Research that we ended up pew, bringing pew. up uh, after we talked about how there's a new s- survey of Americans showing about 25% of them, a little, little more than uh, 25% of Americans. Does that mean when they sit down to do their research, they're in like a church? Yeah, I always <laughs> wondered about research. that. Uh, but that sounds uncomfortable. Where they found that about 25% of Americans are already in favor of their state leaving the United States. They say their state would be better off leaving the United States. Huh, weird. Combine that with approximately 63% of Americans who say they have uh, they have not too much or no confidence at all in the future of the system. And as we were just talking about a few moments ago, Captain, uh, you talked about how you didn't really kind of figure things out until your late 30s, mid to late 30s. Yeah. Uh, younger adults are more likely somewhat than older adults to say the political system is working well. So as you gain an age, you are less likely to think the current system is working. However, there's this sort of reverse corollary to that or a dichotomy, if you will, that says that older people, however are more likely to express confidence when it comes to the future of the U.S. political system. So older people, more so than younger people, think the current system is bad, but older people, more so than younger people, think that it still has a future, which is strange. Uh, It says here that about 4 out of 10 adults 65 and older, 43%, say they have at least some confidence in the future of the political system, but when you look at adults under the age of 30... That number drops to three out of ten, so thirty percent. I, I, I would hope that doing things like, oh, I don't know, Free Talk Live, uh, you know, other media that is in support of independence, of uh, you know, decentralization, these types of things, would spread amongst the youth faster than amongst the the old, right? Anybody over, I don't know, 40 or something like that, mm-hmm. right? I would I would think and hope that these, particularly the technology parts, cryptocurrency, right, new technologies, AI, stuff like that, anything that gets decentralized, I would think, would spread amongst the youth way faster than it would mm-hmm. spread amongst, you know, the old. Well, people that have old habits, right. know, they die hard, right? Right. And so coming from a generation that is older than the internet, is older than the compact disc, is older than the VCR, is older than touchstone telephones, right? I expect mm-hmm. the generation that is, oh, I don't know, you know, been born within the last five years or so, yeah. to be one of the most technologically adaptable generations. In other words, they pick up quick. Mm-hmm. Parents are very quick to hand their kids cell phones these days. Cell phones, as for we better know, or for worse. are the magic rectangle, right? You've got a portal that gives you instant access to all of the information thereabouts uh, that is available on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. And if you're smart enough to get beyond the facade that's presented to you by, like, Google, for example, right? if you're smart enough to get beyond that, you're going to be leaps and bounds ahead of anybody else in your generation. I think that if you have a child today that's five years old or under, you have no business teaching them about how to balance a checkbook. <laughs> Sure. Because bank accounts, checking accounts, they're going to be like, why do I need that? I have this 
cryptocurrency that I can use. I have these wallets. I have many, many different currencies to choose from. They're all tailored to whatever the heck it is. You know, it's a video game currency. It's a, you know, security currency. Mm -hmm. It's a, a, you know, gold-based currency, whatever it is. They have many choices now. And they're going to be like, what do I need a bank account for? (laughs) Well, I mean, as you would say, right now, I think you only cut checks to the government, right? Uh, there's yeah that's that's yeah, true that's what yeah. you'd have to tell uh, there, your kids see you need this little billy I, because i the moved government. from a place where i had no checkbook responsibilities at mm-hmm. all i could pay all of my bills either online with a debit card or uh you know in some way like that yeah. and like i moved to new hampshire because of freedom and all that kind of stuff and i get here and then i buy property and then I buy property in a place where they are so behind the curve, <laughs> so behind the curve. They don't even have like a portal that yeah. I can like log into with my email address or my address and my name and all that stuff and pay my bill with like a debit or a credit card. No, no, no. I must mail them a check or money order in order for me to pay my water bill. Well, and the reason that you would want to teach someone to balance a checkbook is so that they don't spend more money than they have mm, and then get penalized from, from well, the bank spending money that they didn't have. Whereas with this nice little unprintable, unprintable money, uh, they can't possibly spend money they don't have. It's huh. just part of the technology that it cannot ever double spend your money. You're talking about cryptocurrency. That's exactly. the. I mean, what else is going to replace the bank account? Well, like you guys are saying, I think during the break, crypto's got a long way to go. I mean, we're 15 years in or whatever at right, this but point. It's but it's not because the technology doesn't exist. It's because of adoption. It's because of adoption. Yeah. And why is adoption taking so long? Because Well, the government's fighting it tooth and nail, okay, number Okay, but generationally speaking, mm-hmm. it takes a while for, it does. for generations to adopt how, new technology. It took a long time for credit cards to Look at how long it took for from the advent of... Uh, Wilbur and Orville making their first flight to mm-hmm. commercial airplanes. What we have today, yeah. Right? It's 100-something years, right? Yeah, that took like 100. Now, okay, technology and information travels way faster now than it did then, mm-hmm. so you can expect that curve to be reduced a little, but like we're still looking at a 10 to 20-year generational gap, yeah. right? So if Satoshi, what year did Satoshi drop his white paper? 09? 2008. 08, okay. So probably 2028 is the first we can expect to see uh you know I think it'd be more reasonable well, adoption we better get on the ball because look those uh goals for sustainable development that the UN has been working on yeah. and is apparently halfway toward uh that is agenda 2030 my friend so we do not have a lot of time here I, and and I'm that's the thing it's not optional digital currency is not going to be a choice I'm the with choice you. will be between the digital currency that is made by government and the digital currency that naturally occurs i think that everybody who currently is versed in how to receive and send cryptocurrency will be uh, that in and of itself will be a valuable skill in the next five to ten years because you will be the quote authority unquote uh, in the real sense of the word mm-hmm. that is to say you're the expert now on how to teach everybody else how to accept and transact in cryptocurrencies because you already know you've been doing it you already know the ins and outs you know oh i gotta get this and i get that and i gotta trend there's gonna be this fee and whatever you're gonna be the teachers of the next generation in my opinion Mm -hmm. right of the next five to ten years 
Yeah, the people who have the power to transact in good money. Right. Because all of those goals for sustainable development, all of the, like, uh, uh, the ecological uh, socialism, essentially, the, oh, well, on behalf of the planet, we have to institute global communism. Uh, the only way to avoid that, because that will be brought about through a central bank digital currency, the only way to avoid that is the other digital currency. Right. I was born in 1972. Uh, that makes me a Gen Xer, whatever that means to you. I, I don't like I, I really hate these generational terms, boomers and Gen X and Gen Y and millennials. And like, I hate these terms because they are designed as terminology to divide the rest of humanity from each other. Mm-hmm. They're, de- they're designed to make you hate each other. Right. I don't hate boomers. I don't hate zennials. I don't hate millennials. I don't hate Gen Xers because they're born in a different time than me. But what I'm saying is I, as a Gen Xer, am an early adopter. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And if I, as an early adopter, like kind of grasp the ins and outs of technology, that means most of the Gen X generation does not. Well, so f- hmm. first off, I would like to uh, acknowledge the utility of having Gen Xer and Millennial and all of that because we did have different pivotal events in our lives. I I wasn't alive for the assassination of John F. Kennedy, for right, example. Right. Now, uh, one of the u- one of the utilities of that. So Gen X got screwed because the Boomers were the most spoiled of all human generations. Full stop. And they, uh, all of the things that they were given, mostly at this point in the form of the the value of their of their real estate, have been taken from every other generation. And Gen X never got a swing at the plate. What usually happens is that as a generation of power mongers age, they hand it over to someone that's like them enough that they can slowly but surely hand their power off to them and believe that the world will be what they want it to be. That didn't happen at all. That's why we still have, you know, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden. Right. That's why you see all these geriatric MFers. Yeah, right, literally, they should be in a yeah. nursing home. Yes. Like I, I was seeing an article about, I don't remember which politician, but somebody who had signed their power of attorney away to like their daughter or niece or something, but yet they still hold office. Wow. <laughs> like, that is astonishing. How, how, does, how does that even occur? Does right? that mean that you're your daughter not, can, you're can not, cast your vote? You're not fit enough to make your own legal decisions. Wow. You're not of, as they say in the legal business, sound body and mind or whatever, mm-hmm. right? When you write your will, I, such and such, a being of sound mind, body, and spirit, do mm-hmm. I declare that this is... Like, you're not... You're not in sound mind You're not anymore, in sound yeah. mind or body or spirit to, like, make your own legal decisions, but you can still hold office? But you can literally make the laws? <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, I was looking around to see if I could find the some sort of a chart, and I couldn't, uh, not easily at least, of credit card adoption, right? Because if you look at oh, credit yeah, cards, that's a good one. you go all the way back to roughly, I think, 1950 when Diners Club uh, came out. It was the first charge card yeah. in the United States. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing some, some video was being shared earlier this week on social media that of an old- prestige. Yeah, I guess. If you had a diner's club, you were of the... When I was growing up, I had no idea what it was. Sure, but, yeah. uh, but in the 1990s, there's this video being shared from the 90s. It was a news report about how Burger King had just started accepting charge cards. Yep. And it was interesting because I think it was probably early 90s. I don't know what the exact date was, but it was in the 90s. 
and uh, and the you know they're interviewing people, right? Like they're interviewing Burger King customers. Yeah. You know, what do you think about Burger King accepting charge cards? And the over uh, overwhelming opinion of the people they interviewed was like, charge cards at Burger King. Hey, what do you need a charge card for a three dollar burger or whatever? Right. We're like three dollar burgers. You know? <laughs> what? That's probably like the whole cost of the the combo meal or whatever back right. then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, the attitude was like. Ha, whatever. Who cares about this? This is ridiculous. So, but, you know, over the years, charge mm. cards became more and more accepted. Right. And what I was looking for is like, what was the percentages? I did find numbers from 2013 through today. Okay. And in like 2013, it was over 60. I don't have it in front of me right now, but it was like 60, 65% of Americans had a charge card. Mm-hmm. So, what was it in 1990? What right. was it in 1980? Uh, it you know was probably lower one percent. No, there's no way it was that low. I mean, they were according to a history article. Somewhere. According to it, well, it started in 1950. But uh, according to an article I was reading about the history, looking at it quickly about the history of charge cards in the seven or in the uh, 60s, they were just mailing charge cards to people unsolicited. Like they sent mm-hmm. out apparently like a hundred million charge cards still to people. Do that today, but they require you to like go online. And they're not allowed. Stuff yeah, they're not. There was actually a law that was passed in the early 70s to ban unsolicited charge cards from being sent out. So when they because sent, of how many were getting sent out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. I don't think there should be any prohibitions against any of this, but it's just interesting because they were that's how desperate they were to get right. these things in people's hands. Well, like, and they still we'll just are. give you one. Well, and they still are sure. because these things, yeah, sure. I mean, it's free money as long as you consider I mean, free to be 20%. What else, what else resembles that? AOL internet discs? Yeah, perhaps? that's right. a great point. Yeah. yeah. Right? right? Right. Here is a new technology just dying to get adopted Mm -hmm. and so how do the people who have uh the most to gain from this technology market their technology this isn't the first time we've seen this stuff given away um if you know more about the history of credit cards you know the early days were obviously very very difficult the same thing's true now of cryptocurrency you guys remember the, the the triplicate uh uh, the carbon paper, paper thing, the carbon yeah. paper that, like, if for whatever reason the card machine is down, you pull that they thing used out. to bust this thing out. They don't do that anymore. Mm. You sure? If the card machine is down, people go, screwed. oh, I'm sorry, we're cash only today. Mm. Huh. Right? Yeah. They don't bust out the, like, physical thing where they take a copy of your card on that triplicate paper. That doesn't mm-hmm. exist anymore. If you want I've to done com- it. If you want to like comment. I've, I, I, you depends the on the business. Out? Recently? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, a few, it was a couple years back. I mean, but like, I've yeah. done it, but like it hasn't been in the last time, decade yeah. or two. Mm. Yeah, no, You're, it's definitely been in the, in the last uh, two decades. Yeah, yeah, there's, no, absolutely. I like if you it. if you if you expect it to happen, or if you just want those uh, that access to that money badly enough, then you will have a stack I mean, of carbon copy forms and a little right, swoop, if, swoop. If I'm a responsible, <laughs> if I'm a responsible business person and I claim to accept these things, then yes, it is on me as the business person to outfit myself for this inevitability. Mm-hmm. However, comma, most people don't even know that these things used to exist. Mm. Well, and you know, we talk about this this thing that was like no one's ever going to need that at Burger King and we are moving toward the yeah. point where now, there's like what do you need cash for at Burger King? Right. 
Exactly. We're moving. Who uses cash at Burger King anymore? Don't you just hand them the card at the drive-thru? Well, and you wanted to talk about this when it comes to Australia, so it seems like a good oh, yeah. time to get into it. We can come back to the internet in a little while. This is called a segue. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and this isn't just happening in Australia, of course, but apparently it sounds like they, the prison state, by the way, uh, that's the history of that, Australia. that country. Yeah. Uh, the prison state, which was one of the worst during COVID as far as turning their country into a prison. I don't know how many Again. articles we did from people in Australia talking about how bad yeah, it was. and They how, were terrifying. Oh, my gosh. They actually had quarantine camps and the whole the whole deal. Yeah. Right? Uh, so now apparently Australia is pushing the idea of a cashless society to the next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you have there on that, Peekless? Well... Australia to be functionally cashless by 2025. And I also okay. have a, uh, a couple of stories on uh, the the fifth largest Wait. bank is moving Wait. there by the end of the year. Hmm. So in two years? Yeah. yeah. Functionally cashless. Functionally cashless, whereas the, uh, the fifth largest uh, bank expects to be digital only by the end of this okay, year. The only, t- the only time I've ever heard the word functionally in front of something... Uh, you know, predominantly, is when it comes to literacy, right? I know for a fact that uh, one out of every five high school graduates in the United States is functionally illiterate. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't read. It just means that they can't read very well. Mm-hmm. And somehow they've managed to graduate. Right? But what does it mean when it comes to what dollars? Is, well, and, and, right, well, what no, is functional... And, and functional illiteracy is very much the problem that we are coping with today, is that no one, that, no one can read information and get complex inferences. Mm. I, I get that, but how does the word functional apply in this case? What is functional cashlessness. functional cashlessness as opposed to just ca- like cashlessness means cash is dead doesn't mean anything don't care how much you have in your pocket how much is in mm-hmm. your wallet how much is under your mattress or under the floorboards or whatever right it's worthless it's paper you should burn it because it doesn't mean anything that's cashless what is functionally cashless because it yeah, sounds functionally like cashless, somewhere in between it's, right so it's sort of uh, like we were talking about in uh, you know the 90s with a credit card so yeah, sure. Some people had them. They worked, but it was a functionally cash-only society at the time. And this is exactly the same thing, only the reverse. Where sure, money like in the form of cash, money exists, but no one uses that. It's it's weird for you to use a dollar. I mean, in the United States of America, and a bunch of places honestly would likely not accept them anymore. In the United States of America, do we not already then qualify as a functionally cashless society? No, no. not at all. Why not? Well, can you name a business that doesn't accept uh, cash? Can you name a business that doesn't accept I can, credit actually. cards? Yes, more. I can name more businesses that. Well, okay, let me take it back. In my, let me take it back. I can name businesses that charge you extra. For okay. accepting credit right. cards. That's fine. And that's but, a new thing but like, that has developed recently. I can use my mm, insert card here, Visa, Master. Sure, if you want to pay more. Uh, at more places than I can use cash. That may be slightly true. I've heard a rumor that Chipotle is not accepting cash anymore. I have mm. not personally been to Chipotle even in here some in like, time. Like mm. in the Seattle, Washington area, mm. oh my gosh, I think most places are functionally cashless without any law to say so. What you mean is they don't accept cash at all? No, or what no I'm one's saying is that cash. the majority of people do not pay in cash. Right. Mm. Yeah, and that's the difference right? not, between not cashless and Not by any rule of law, cashless. not by mm. any, uh, you know, b- 
politician yeah. or anything saying so. Mm-hmm. Just by the fact that this is how people happen you're to this operate. Is what you're seeing when you're out. There. That's that's my. Uh, what's Here's the, a question. This is a question for somebody evidence, who works right? in retail. I haven't worked in retail for most of two decades now at this yeah. point. But if you work in retail today. And I imagine your experience may be different in a city like Seattle as opposed to if you're at a Walmart out in the sticks somewhere, right? You may see more cash in a place like that. So, you know, if you want to call in and just kind of give us a rundown on what you actually see people using, I think that would be useful to know. The number is 603-283-6160. But I definitely want to know more about what's happening in Australia. And most of that we're going to have to get back to. But I would say that if you're right, where uh, we've reached the point where it is a greater number of Business, businesses that accept credit cards and don't accept cash. Hmm. No, I'm saying that would it's indicate a greater that we're moving in that direction. That use the card versus cash. Mm. I'm saying that today we see a greater number of people using Visa or MasterCard than we do see using cash. And that might indicate that we are headed toward a cashless society, but we haven't gotten there yet. I think right. And there's no apparent plan. Well, some people have a plan. Whether or not they're going to be able to implement the plan is another question. Uh, The number here is 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and it's the live Saturday show. Has Australia gone cashless? Well, some are saying it's maybe functionally cashless or will be in 2025. And we want to find out what exactly that means coming up here. Also, uh, the other across the pond in the UK, they're passing yep. a online safety bill, which could have ramifications for you wherever you live around the world. I'm still unclear about how that affects everybody. We'll but. get into it. Uh, the Electronic Frontier Foundation published a piece about it. And speaking of online, we were talking about cryptocurrencies a moment ago, and Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash. Dash is digital cash. It is a cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. You know, Dash actually has uh, some partnerships with some really cool websites that will allow you, or apps, I don't know, whatever you want to call these things, uh, that will allow you to live your life on Dash, if you want. Um, You know, get away from the dollar. Unless you got to pay a water bill in New Hampshire. (laughs) The dollar is always inflating, and the uh, Dash is a cryptocurrency, so you never know what it's going to do. But you know the dollar is going to be inflating over time. That's pretty much a guarantee. Bit refill has been accepting Dash for years. Love those guys. BitRefill.com. Love Dash, too. Has a ton of big-name retailers and brands, including grocers, gas stations, phone refills, Amazon, and even prepaid MasterCards. Plus, many of their gift cards are available at a discount. You can buy all of those things with your Dash. Also, what about paying your bills? Spritz.finance can do that for you, and they can even send dollars to your bank account in case you still need to write a check for some reason. You can still hold that value in Dash and then send it over via Spritz.finance to your bank account, which is pretty sweet. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies out there. It's widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya Protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get. It's easy to use Dash and start by learning more at dash.org big thanks to the dash dow their decentralized autonomous organization for sending us 32 dash per month to promote dash on the air you can visit dash.org to learn about dash that's dash.org so uh let's talk about cashless australia mm-hmm. peakless mountaineer functionally or, yeah, cashless in, mm. by 2025 apparently so they're on their way to this status whatever yep. that means 
Uh, Australia is rapidly heading towards becoming a, quote, cashless society, unquote, as banks crack down on withdrawals, close ATMs and branches, uh, close ATMs and branches and ban cash altogether. Whoa. Okay. With one expert predicting physical money will be completely gone by the end of the decade. That's a little bit more than functionally cashless. Yep. Well, that's by the end of the decade. Mm hmm. And that's going to be here before you know it. Quote, I'd say we'd be functionally cashless by the end of 2025. It'll just be a complete rarity, hmm. said Richard Holden, professor of economics at you can UNSW. Call him Dick, it's fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Dick, Dick Holden. Holden, that's a good yeah. one. <laughs> Professor of economics at UNSW Business School. But unless the government gets involved to accelerate the process, I think we'll be actually cashless by 2030. They may very well get involved. I mean, this, I don't know what Australia's... Are they not involved already? Yeah, I don't know what their plot is for the CBDC or the Central Bank Digital Currency, but given that they're one of the Western nations, uh, sort of... They are probably going to be interested in that. I suspect they are plotting. Uh, certainly Canada, the United States, many countries, even small uh, Caribbean nations have actually already launched their CBDCs. So, yeah, there's pilots going on in I don't, six, seven countries yeah, or something I'll have to like look that. into that. What else? Um, Macquarie Bank this week announced it would be phasing out cash altogether. That's crazy. Next year. Uh, following similar moves by Commonwealth what? Bank, NAB, and ANZ to stop handling cash in a few branches. Yeah. Well, what about... Okay, so um, I know for a fact that coin-operated machines are a thing. Well, right? a like lot of those have... Uh, vending machines, machines, vending machines, right? A now, lot of those have uh, card readers Now, I know that, that, like, uh, but many of them do not. So are these industries now going to be forced to bear the cost of upgrading their uh, payment receiving systems because uh, government decides that they're cashless? That's what well, a government would do, yeah. Well, it sounds like it won't even be government that's doing it uh, any more than the banks are part well, of government. the central bank thinks it's... Right, uh, because the, bank think, the banks think it's a which, great idea. Which might as well be the government at this point. Uh, Australia, according to Coindesk, in an article published in August, says that the CBDC could uh, could be some years away. They did do a test, apparently, on the CBDC there, and due to unresolved issues that surfaced at the end of the pilot project, it may be some years, quote-unquote, away. Is, this is what I don't understand about the central bank digital currency. All central banks at this point in time have effectively digital currency. No, yeah, that's right. Why the gyration? Why not just be like, okay, well, we've got digital currency. Here it is. They don't have it for mm. individual well, so accounts. That's, so basically, this is the the difference between fascism and communism. So what we currently have is a fascist economic system in the in the strictest sense of economics. Okay. Not that they're racist or any of that, but in that there is no distinguishable difference between the corporations and the state. Mm-hmm. So right now it's a it's a less centralized. It's like a, a confederation, if you will. Okay. So yes, they are all government. Uh, uh, Regulated. I mean, yes, they are all. The they all central answer bank to a central is bank. Centralized. Well, is so it that, not? Well, so no, that's the difference. So, uh, for example, in this country, there is no such thing as a digital dollar coming out of the Federal Reserve. 
There's a digital dollar from Chase Bank. There's a digital dollar from Bank of America. There's a digital dollar from, well, no longer New Republic Bank, I guess. Right, but so wouldn't there be less friction, less time to market, less everything as far as a a banking business is concerned for the Federal Reserve to just adopt the existing version of digital currency, call it CBDC, and apply the CBDC rules to it? Well, it's not centralized, though. It so that's, would be so if the they difference take it is, over. Hold on. I'm confused here, Pete right. Um I get what I think. Let me see if I can understand what you're saying so right. far. When you say Bank of America has a digital dollar or Chase Bank has a digital dollar, you mean they're issuing debit cards. Those things have dollars associated Precisely. with them, that sort of thing. But isn't the Federal Reserve essentially helping the government print trillions of digital dollars? I mean, it's not actually printing those in real life it's incrementing numbers in a yeah. computer system Borrowing somewhere them into existence right so, so if yeah. bank of america gives a loan to somebody for a hundred thousand dollars for i don't know property something right they are literally creating that money out of thin air That's in correct. the digital environment right right so so How is basically that not what you have a cbdc so what you have now central. right exactly How so is it not because it's sponsored it's, by it's the authorized. It is authorized by the Federal Reserve. Right. The, the Federal Reserve is ultimately the the permission. I giver. think the thing you're missing here, Captain, is, and I, I think that you know, the central bank does have digital currency. It's just not for the people. Right. That's for the banks only. Right. And the key here with the CBDC, as I understand the proposal, is that individuals would then have accounts with the central bank. Mm-hmm. That would be oh, the difference. I see. Instead yeah. of me so having an account have, with Bank of America, I would have an account. You'd with have a Fed app, the Federal Reserve. Right. You'd right. have a Federal okay. Reserve right. app. It would probably be the worst. They want to shift app. the um, uh, the customer base mm-hmm. from the we'll call them fascist banks to the centralized. Well, authority. that's what they haven't quite figured out yet mm-hmm. is how to do a CBDC. But keep their buddies in the banks happy because ultimately the bankers are the Federal Reserve. Absolutely. They're going to figure it out. No, it's a very good question. And uh, like, who knows? Maybe at some point they'll just say, you know what? JP Morgan is now a branch of the government. Hmm, like, you can do exactly what you're doing, yeah. but now you're also a branch of the government. Hmm, which they, is really what they are anyway, right? I mean, effectively somewhat. So here's the difference, though. Like, if you've got your uh, account at uh, J.P. Morgan or mm. uh, a, a Bank of America. Okay, so let's say you've got your account at Bank of America, and I've got my account at J.P. Morgan, and we both want to buy ammunition, and the government says, don't let either of these people buy ammunition. Mm -hmm. Your bank might say, okay, I won't let him buy ammunition. And mine might say, "Uh, I don't know what he's buying. Mm. And let me go ahead and buy what I'm buying. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the difference. The decision making is somewhat decentralized. It's federated essentially. Yeah. So then you might go, Hey, I don't like how my bank's treating me. I'm gonna go to your bank where they don't treat me like that. Mm-hmm. So that decision making can be overrun by someone else making a different decision. In Whereas theory. right. Yeah. I mean most decisions get made in lockstep, I'll grant you yeah. for sure. Right, right. By far. But it's even possible for that to not happen. Mm -hmm. Whereas with a digital dollar, Jerome Powell says, okay, we're not letting you buy this. Nope. You got to buy that. Right. You got to spend this many dollars this month. 
you got here's your UBI, mm-hmm. but you better spend it this week. And you better not spend it on that dirty, dirty digital Bitcoin. The the biggest not the biggest, one of the most um I don't know uh, common observable problems, right? Because there's a whole bunch of unobservable things that happen with banking across the board. But for regular folk, one of the most observable problems I have with the concept of CBDC is things like, how do I have a garage sale? How do I have a casual weekend poker game? How do I, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Oh, you right? mean the black how do market? I, how do, no, the gray market, right? Well. How do I put my used bed for sale on Craigslist? Well, with approval of right? the central bank, of course. No, I'm not going to do any of that, right? You know, so these are my questions. It's like, how do people compensate for the regular, I'm going to call it gray market, right? The stuff that mm-hmm. you don't write on your taxes and nobody gives a crap about. If you have a garage sale on, you know, a Sunday, you know, or a Saturday, Sunday in the middle of summer, mm-hmm. nobody gives a crap, right? Mm-hmm. You sell your stuff for a quarter or a dollar or two dollars. Depends on what city you're in. Some cities have a garage sale permit. Okay. But what I'm but saying, I get what you're is saying there are there are like that's sort of not the norm. That's the mm-hmm. exception. It the is, norm yeah. is yeah, that like you can go about selling stuff. Like as a musician, I can't tell you how much money has passed through my hands mm-hmm. and through other people's hands when I sold something to go buy another thing. Right? Oh, I don't like this pedal because it doesn't sound good enough through this tube amp that I got. I want a different pedal instead, so I sell the existing pedal to somebody. They give me some cash. I go buy the new pedal with a couple of bucks on top of it to get the tone that I'm after. I didn't like that, or I did, but like now I don't like the amp. I want a different amp, so I sell the amp instead. Like I can't tell you well, as a musician. That's stealing from the government. No. What's the question, though? The question is, how do I go about doing that if if the CBDC replaces cash? You put your CBDC wallet on the Craigslist, and people send you the Craigslist. I don't CBDC. think that that's correct. I think the answer is something like Goldbacks. Oh, you're asking what a freedom-minded person would how, do. I, how I does, thought you were asking what no, a, a, an obedient saying, does, person would do. How does do. anybody? Right? Well, most people like, are going to get along well, to and, go along. No, so I, I think you're. I think we're both correct. They're going to use the CBDC. I think that you can put a, an ad. On, you'll be able. Craigslist mm-hmm. will have a box. CBDC. They'll also have a box, like much like they do with cryptocurrency yeah. right now. Crypto. Mm-hmm. They'll be like gold back, okay, or whatever. They'll have like a thing, right? Or they already have listings for barter, yeah, where people just want to straight up trade. Right, they they don't even want to mm. deal with money. Yeah. They're like, hey, I've got a used car, and I'm willing to trade for like a plow or something, mm. right, for the winter, mm-hmm. right, or something, right. I'm willing to trade for painting my house or whatever it is. That this already exists, right. So, like, how do people function uh, without cash in the CBDC society? Well, so it'll be exactly like what happened to you, only instead of, okay, well, I got I bought this pedal at about... No, imagine every single time you do that, 10, 20, 30% just gets stolen from you. Okay, now let me ask a follow-on question, because we've talked about what'll happen to the layperson, the common folk, right? You know, oh, I mm-hmm. just want to put something on Craigslist, I just want to have a garage sale, clean up my garage once a year, whatever. Right. Well, they won't be allowed to steal from the government. Now, how do government people get their mm, unofficial and untraceable kickbacks? Mm. 
Well, so how that's, does the system continue to function? Because we know that it's oh, corrupt. Well, that's we know that that's money, actually automatic, untraceable money. Mm-hmm changes hands mm-hmm. all of the time no matter yep. which government you happen to live under mm-hmm. these things occur on a daily basis right how does the government hide their corruption with central bank digital currency i don't think because they it's can. a closed system so that's the thing it's the central banks that have access to all of this data so they so in for example uh, uh, uh bitcoin i can at least look at an account and see what happens in that account even if i don't know whose account it is and if i ever discover okay well this account is a cia account mm-hmm. then i have their entire history now on the other hand with a central bank digital currency you never have access to any of that but information but the central bank does have access exactly. and the idea i think the captain is saying is that would mean they can't hide necessarily no it means they're already hidden we we plebeians who have no uh queue clearance will never be allowed to see any of the records like people taking bribes for instance and the answer to your question is there was recently a congressman i think or something some federal guy uh who got into a scandal because he was taking gold bars as payment right so the answer mm. is something else. Something you wouldn't else. use okay. CBDC. So You'd we're looking Monero at you know, baseball cards mm-hmm. or tulips Diamonds or, or whatever. Yeah. And, and like my example would have been something like, um, oh, I don't know, what was it, the $3 trillion in cash oh, that disappeared the night before 9-11? Yeah, I think it's going to be something much simpler and more sinister. The person who gets the job of running the central bank of a given of a given country simply won't get that job if they expect to actually be held to task on being bribed. So, like, okay, they elect. Uh, okay, well, we elected this person. We we uh, nominated him. He passed the Congress, and okay, he's uh, our. Uh, my, and then he went after one of my, us for taking bribes. <laughs> that sucker is gone. Sadly, my, and we put someone in there who's not going to go after us for our bribe money. Sadly, the thought in my head that would be the biggest roadblock to implementing central bank digital currency across the board in all countries was how will politicians be evil without it, right? <laughs> no, that's, that's and so now that, you have answered this yeah. by saying, oh, they'll still be able to be evil. Mm-hmm. And so now I have just concluded we're all effed. <laughs> well, that's a choice. It's coming. We're all effed. So, that's a uh, choice. Get out of the dollar as much as you can. Yeah. Get into cryptocurrency. Get into yeah. gold bags. Get into silver. Get into hard money as much as you can. So well, what? Uh, and and I mean, you also have to consider like uh, how much of this is never up for a vote. Like if you think about like uh, how they operate at a given like DMV or what have you, or just any of the any of the agencies, they make I've their own hell, little I policies. Spell it, I spell it DMV. Right. And they make all of their own little policies, and that never goes up to a vote for Congress. It's never a public matter how this is done. But they make these own little private policies that I guess right now maybe you could possibly find out what most of them are. Some of them will be secret and some of them won't, whereas in a situation like a central bank digital currency, they'll just make it part of the policy to hide certain transactions. And if you happen to go get a nice, cushy government job at a central bank uh, uh, extension, then you find out, oh, yeah, don't, don't, don't file these this way. File these that way because that's a senator. Yeah. And, oh, and you signed that non-disclosure agreement, right? You noticed the part where we put you in jail for 80 years if you ever say any of this, right? Okay, good. Here's your nice, uh, here's your nice pension fund. 
Let's get back to Australia, though. So what else is, I mean, all we've heard so far in the story is some banking expert believes that by the end of the decade, Australia will be completely cashless. By 2025, it will be functionally, functionally cashless. At least one Australian bank has gone totally cashless, apparently, mm-hmm. meaning that if you walk into the bank with a stack of Australian dollars, they will tell you, go to another bank, I yep. guess. That's correct. Which is seems insane to me, but maybe that's how uh, this begins. Yeah, Mockery Bank, which is the fifth largest bank in Australia. Fifth largest, yeah. wow. Okay. Announced this week that it is phasing out cash altogether next year. And there are similar moves being followed by a bunch of other banks to stop handling cash in at least a few branches. Dear children who are listening, if you're under the age of, uh, I don't know, 20, <laughs> uh, pay attention. Because this is important. And the shock announcement comes after banks' efforts to make it more difficult for cu- for customers to transact in cash have sparked backlash in recent months. Mm. In response, another money expert has warned Australia's banks could soon start, quote, cash rationing at ATMs. This is what happens in countries where they are inflating the money supply Mm -hmm. and people are demanding their money so they can go and exchange it for things like the American dollar that is not inflating as quickly. The banks will clamp down on ATM withdrawals and say, well, you used to be able to withdraw $500 a day, but now you can only withdraw $50 or whatever. Very, very interesting because I functionally bumped into this during covid do you remember really? when? Do you remember when mm. the uh, the government decided to send uh, what was it, uh, twelve hundred and five hundred dollars? I don't know. It was two different. Yeah, there was a couple amounts of money giveaways that mm-hmm. they 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 just sent everybody a check or whatever. When at the same time they were sending hundreds of billions to their buddies. Of course, yeah. yes. Uh, so the first one that I got was an actual check. Mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. from it was like a tax refund check from yep. you know the United States or whatever you just deposit it in your checking account the money's there boom yep. you're good to go if you were smart you bought Bitcoin which is what I did yeah uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. the second one I think was the bigger one the twelve hundred dollar one mm-hmm. they didn't send me a check because they would only send checks to those who I don't know fill out the forms and created an account online whatever it was and if you didn't do any of that you could go to this thing where you're like hey i didn't get it and put in your address or whatever and they would mail you essentially a prepaid debit card oh really yeah so i got the wow. pre- i got this prepaid debit card and uh because like everybody else would take a fee if you wanted it direct deposited mm-hmm. in your bank account it was going to cost you one two three percent of whatever they were sending you. So instead of getting your $1,200, you'd get $1,100 or whatever it was, mm-hmm. right? Whatever the fee was on top of it, you were only getting part of it. Uh, and I wanted to get all of it. So I elected all of the things that would allow me to get the whole entire amount. Sure. Because I wanted to buy more Bitcoin. <laughs> all right. Makes sense. Um, and so I bumped into this functionally, and I'm sure many other people did too. Uh, the instructions said you could take this prepaid debit card to any, quote, authorized, unquote, location Mm -hmm. near you they had a map you could go to and find it was usually like a walgreens a rite aid that was going to be the nearest atm near you that all subscribed to whatever bank issued this prepaid debit card and that you could go and withdraw your money without any penalties you get the whole Mm -hmm. 1200 bucks however okay what happened was and we're talking about 1200 bucks now Mm -hmm. 
what happened was you could only take out 600 bucks at a time. Ah, uh, okay. So you yeah. had to go to two different machines right. or go at two different days or, you know, yep. one day, you know, two different days of the week, whatever it is, to get the full amount of money without... That's not uncommon. I mean, no, a lot it's of not banks uncommon, have But what I'm saying on. is, like, here is something that the government is supposedly issuing mm-hmm. to the citizens of the United States, right? And then you go to try and cash it in and somebody's going to take a fee off the top of it? Of course. That's the banking system. Right. So you had to jump through. You would run into machines that are like... Sorry, you can't withdraw. Like, unbeknownst to you, mm-hmm. they'd be like, sorry, you can't withdraw that amount. Please pick an, an amount that's lower than that. And you didn't know, mm-hmm. right, until you got to a point where you're like, six, yes, we'll give you 600 bucks yeah. or whatever. Imagine if it was 60 instead of 600. Right. That's yeah. what these people are going to be dealing with mm-hmm. with right. cash restrictions. And that's the point that I'm making. Mm-hmm. And I've also got, uh, they announced the the fifth largest bank that announced that they're going completely cashless right. next year. Uh, they actually uh, put out a uh, a... Uh, timeline for their transition, if you want to hear it. So, yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, uh, January, they're phasing out new checkbooks for new cash management accounts, including... You can't even write links. a check? Yeah, they're phasing out checkbooks in January. Wow. Yeah. Not just cashless, but checklist. checklist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Only card digital. Only. Wait, so only to, card only. Only digital. Do we have to call you checklist? Nothing physical. <laughs> <laughs> My unchecked power. Okay. Uh, March, automated telephone banking services will be shut down, making phone payments impossible. Wow. Yeah. May, wow. depositing or withdrawing cash or checks over the counter at branches will no longer be possible. May of which, which year? Coming? They're coming? Ma- yep. Yeah, May okay. of 2024. Okay. Ordering checkbooks for existing accounts will also be discontinued. Wait, wait, wait. Getting cash back at the grocery store. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. It's a very common thing here in the U.S. Mm, yeah. Maybe it's they'll true. Be restricting that but too. You, will ne- you will not be able to put it back into your account. Mm, no. Got a direct deposit for that. And November, they will... Uh, writing or depositing checks, including bank checks, will be completely phased out. Uh, wow. Superannuation contributions or payments using checks will also cease. When are they going to phase out their physical branches? Uh, no, it sounds like they're keeping their physical branches. Oh, I bet they won't. For what purpose? Mm. Probably to fingerprint you would be my guess. <laughs> There's more coming up here. You can share your thoughts on the cashless future that we don't want to see. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, kicking off the third hour here live. Saturday show, we're going to get into the status of freedom on the internet is in jeopardy once again, thanks to the people over in the Parliament of the United Kingdom. We'll tell you more about that coming up here with you in the studio tonight. It's Ian Beagles Mountaineer and the Reverend Captain Kickass. Well, we're going to go to your phone calls first. The number is 603-283-6160. You can bring up anything you want. Uh, we were just talking about going cashless, which more uh, more countries are trying to uh, move their populations in that direction. Australia planning to be cashless, according to some expert, by uh, the end of the decade, but functionally cashless by 2025. Let's go first, though, to Jet, calling us from somewhere out there. Jet, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, I want to talk about the cost of living increase that's happened over the last few years, but I mm-hmm. first want to congratulate the captain for at least one time using the term government people. So I think, you know, when, when you're out of time, take about five seconds. Bravo. What, Bravo. Okay. Touchdown captain. All right. And uh, yeah, because uh, we got to use that as, as the 
adjective. And what I what I do is I just practice actually once in a while. Government people, government people, government people. You know, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Anyway. I think it's a good habit so, to get into. You see, I, you see, Jet, if you hadn't called in all of this time over the last mm, four-ish years or so, like this moment could have never happened. I'd like to thank my producer and my writer <laughs> and, of course, Jet for calling in all the time. Yeah, mostly I hear you use the yeah. phrase, the organizational type known as government. I, I try to use not just the word. Oh, yeah, awesome. There you go, buddy. Really, the crowd's loving it. really um, powerful. Yeah, yeah. We t- I think we're pretty good <laughs> at it here, Jet, honestly. I mean, maybe we're not perfect at it, but uh, I, I well, like to use government thugs no, a lot. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, any, anything. As long as you use government as an adjective, that's yeah. what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, call them anything else beyond that, you know, any any bad name you can. The people calling themselves about... the city of Keene or the state of New Hampshire. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's okay. It gets a little long, but I mean, it serves the purpose. Um, I have recently moved my operation from the middle of the Midwest up to northern Idaho, just across the border from Spokane. And um, okay. I could not Spokane, believe sure. the difference. Is, I know. I'd like to use the word Spokane because it just bugs people. <laughs> well, there's a uh, Bob, Congratulations, Bob, Bob well Rivers, the infamous uh, radio uh, host, morning time guy, also uh, a, a phenomenal parody artist. Uh, he did a, an Eric Clapton da, da, parody. Da, da, da. If you want to get down, <laughs> get down in the town of Spokane. <laughs> yeah, I, also, I also call it Spooky Town because it's kind of spooky sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Well, I want to uh, thank I our affiliate in uh, Spokane, uh, KXLY AM920. Also yeah. on FM somewhere. I don't have it in front of me, but long-time affiliate. 100.7. I first moved up here in 2000, and I, I built a castle on a hill. At that time, it cost me about $600,000. With a moat? And now... A literal castle? <laughs> no. Yeah, well, it, it looks like a castle. Do you have wow. a moat? But it's not... Does it's it have a moat? Big. Does it have a moat? No. But it was, it was at the highest point in the city, was overlooking the lake and the city. And all Sounds that nice. Stuff. No moat so, then? But, just to clarify, you're saying right you now, had previously lived in Spokane, but now you have moved no, back to the area? No, Coeur d'Alene. It's right across the border from Spokane. Coeur d'Alene. So you pre- but you previously lived it. there at some point in the past? Yeah, 2000. 2000. And now you're back in the same area? Yeah. Okay, got it. And uh, what I what I found out was that same property that um, that disappeared in about 2006, thanks to my ex, um, mm. is now valued at near two million. Wow! I mean, it's, it's like the the costs here are insane. Yep. A bunch of celebrities are moving in more and more, mm-hmm. and uh, it's uh, I, I got to tell you even. Even a one-bedroom apartment is like over a thousand dollars. Yeah, per month. Yeah, yeah. It's, and actually, the average yeah. rent we talked about this uh, within the last, last couple of weeks has gone up to like twenty. Sorry, as, I don't know if it's average rent or average mortgage payment. Uh, but the, the average mortgage payment now has uh, it's like twenty eight hundred. Has right? crossed over three thousand. Is it now three thousand? Yeah. yeah. As of this week, the average rent yeah. 
is something like seventeen hundred dollars a month for a wow. one bedroom apartment in the United States for a one bedroom. Well, one bedroom. Well, that's probably factoring in, you know, the big cities too. But I, I noticed, I noticed one thing that doctors, lawyers, mechanics, insurance companies, landlords, they don't, they don't care. They just raise their rent. And you have to. Everybody else just to kind of. Uh, you have to raise I'm your rent if your property taxes are are going up. Uh, you got to raise the rent. You know, if all your costs of living are are going up, you got to raise the rent. I mean, the prices are going up. Rent's going to well, go I'm up. I'm talking about double. I'm talking about double. I, be, I believe it. The I believe it wasn't long ago. I think last year we were talking about renters are paying forty percent more on average from one year to the next. So you you know you go a couple of years and you're looking at a doubling. So. That's another reason to put every other word behind the word government. Any, mm-hmm. any nasty, you know, complaining, uh, derogatory term you can think of. So that was that was my story for the day. All right, Jet. Thanks for the call tonight, man. I appreciate hearing from you. Let's go to Skeeter in California. You're on Free Talk Live, thanks, Skeeter. Jet. Yo, holla at your boy. Thanks for taking my call on uh, Sedition Talk Live. Hey, uh, what good is any support you gain for secession, whether it's from the public? What do you actually sound like? It sounds like he's trying to sound like this when he's calling it. I didn't realize it was Bat Skeeter. Hey, man. What do you actually sound like? My radio voice. My mom says it's sexy. Oh, he's trying to hide. He's trying to not speak too loudly so his mom overhears (laughs) what he says. Oh, yeah. You do live with your mom, don't you? Yeah, so yeah. what? Oh, does it, does it my argument? No, it's just a thing, you know. People are going to do it more it, often. I don't think California, you should. I don't think you should be ashamed of it. Can you put your mom on? It's California, Ian. Yeah, we need to talk money. to your mom. Yeah, Let's I, get her on. I think here. we need to talk What's to your mom. The captain's excuse. Huh? But I hey. want to. want to talk to your mom. <laughs> hey, I so, figure uh, your mom's got to be my age. Maybe yeah, she's you're looking for a date, right? You know, California women are more likely to be attracted. If you want to call me your boy, maybe I can be stepdad kickass. You're desperate. You date a dead woman. Hey, so what good is any support you gain for secession, whether it's from the public or from politicians, if unilateral secession was already ruled as unconstitutional by the Supreme Court? And well, why would anyone care about that? that? Well, we actually we actually did secession? talk about that earlier, and uh, what we would gain by that is if you have a culture that sees itself not as part of the United States but as its own independent thing, we start less and less caring what the United States wants us to do, and thus doing less and less of that until right. it eventually just dissipates. And the Supreme Court ruling doesn't matter because uh, the rule as it has been set up according to uh, you know the founding documents, et cetera, and so on, it's from the bottom up, not the top down. So, Yeah, I mean, the fact is, I, and I know what Skeeter's referring to, he's talking about Texas versus White. It's a 1869, I think, uh, oh. Supreme Court case. Mm. It's the one they always trot out, all the people who are in favor of the Union, in favor of the Empire, they love to trot this one out. It was a court that was, as I understand it, stacked by Abraham Lincoln, who, of course, as you know, is willing to use violence mm-hmm. uh, to keep the union together. So, of course, they're going to rule and, you know, in his favor. It was a case about Texas leaving and who owed who certain payments. I don't have all the details, but I think your point is very well taken here that if, it is, if this idea has come, if its time has come and enough people want this to happen, 
then it doesn't matter what nine people in black robes have to say about and, it. Thanks for the call. And even if they do, it's not like the Supreme Court decisions never get overturned. We just point. We just had uh, the universality of abortion overturned like, by a Supreme Court. Yep, they've like, overturned themselves many times. Right. Like, did the, the colonizers, uh, you know, ask permission from the British court to secede from the British Empire? No, they did not. And they wouldn't have gotten it if they did. Right. And we're not going to ask permission either. However, the plan is to do it peacefully here yes. in New Hampshire without firing a shot against the southern forts or whatever. Right. You know, to actually just simply declare independence. Now, remember, did did Gandhi say, oh, we can't do it. The parliament said no. Right. In order to declare independence through the legal process in New Hampshire, from what we can tell, you probably have to do a constitutional amendment that would require two thirds of the people of New Hampshire to vote for it. So you would have a super majority that would have to be convinced to go away from the United States. And if you have that many people then you've got a large number of people who really are ready to leave, and they are not going to care what some Supreme Court has to say about it. It will not be a factor because we're not asking permission. As the empire collapses, less and less of that is going to matter, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The, The further into collapse the United States empire gets, the less any of that is going to matter. It's just going to be a whole bunch of people going... Hey, you know what? The empire's collapsing. The dollar is worthless. Uh, in order for us to get by and continue to live, you know, somewhat of a, a decent life, uh, we are going to have to go about it ourselves. That's, in my opinion, how things are going to turn out. Right? We're we're going to see this intersection of our ideas of liberty and secession and independence and individual individuality and uh, uh, voluntarism uh, intercept if you will, uh, with the decline of the U.S. empire, right? Mm -hmm. And already, as a former, if not current, early adopter of technologies and things, I can see that this is the way to go. Is it going to happen in five years, 10 years, 20 years? I don't know. I don't either. But at some point, those two things are going to intersect. The empire has been crumbling for all of my life. Mm -hmm. There's no signs of it not crumbling anymore, right? It's just continuing to go downhill. Look at the state of of the dollar and its value Mm -hmm. and how it's continued to decline year over year over year. It's lost 99% of its value, whatever the heck that is, right, since I've been alive. And so that's just going to continue. Now, if you uh, have a whole bunch of people who are like, hey, we recognize this is happening, and we also value uh, you know, individuality, uh, interactions that are peaceful and voluntary. Those two things are going to intersect at some point, and to me, it's the perfect recipe mm-hmm. for freedom, for secession, for declaring our independence from this behemoth known as the United States, the, the largest empire Earth has ever known. Yeah, you might as well tap uh, Thomas Jefferson on the shoulder and be like, what does it matter if we see ourselves as more and more of a of an independent country? George, King George specifically issued the edict saying we can't do that. <laughs> yeah, the, the empire is crumbling at a rate that like their military prowess isn't even going to matter. At some mm-hmm. point, they're not going to be able to pay their own freaking bills. But in the meantime, we are still dealing with empires, and they are a nasty bunch, including the United Kingdom. I want to come back around to the story we started the show with. Oh, yeah. Uh, This is from the Electronic Freedom Foundation. They have now passed what they call the Online Safety Bill, the OSB. 
which says it will make the UK the safest place in the world to be online. In reality, says the EFF, the OSB will lead to a much more censored, locked down internet for British users, and the bill could empower the government. This is so laughable. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like a broken computer is more safe than a fixed computer. (laughs) This is so laughable because, well, the internet is, they're using the word internet here, Mm. but what is it really? Mm. The World Wide Web. Series of tubes? No, no, well, uh, thank you, Bill. Uh, Wasn't that uh, George Bush? No, no, no. That, that was, was uh, George, I thought that was George, that was George W. Bush. No, I thought it was. Uh, uh, oh wait, uh, the or was it the Alaskan guy? No, no, it was like Bill, an Alaskan uh, senator. radio guy. He was at the talkers convention the year that I went. O'Reilly? Bill O'Reilly? Yeah, no. I thought it was Bill O'Reilly. No, I'm pretty that was sure a that was. Oh no, he's the one who says we'll do it live. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. my bad. All right, yeah, so yeah, anyway, we'll do it live. Anyway. Um, Sorry, it's, I threw you there. Yeah, you did. It's it's laughable because um, it's just it's not going to happen. It is uh, Ted Stevens, U.S. Senator from Alaska, who called the, the internet series a of series of tubes. Uh, so they say that the government will ma- uh, not just undermine the privacy and the security of U.K. residents, mm. but internet users worldwide. World Wide Web, right? Mm-hmm. It's not called the United Kingdom Web. That's right. It's not called, you know, the Irish web. It's not called the uh, the Spain web. It's not called the United States. It's called the World Wide Web, right? There's nothing that a nation can do, literally, including China. Like, and even though they've tried, there mm-hmm. are Chinese There's people. There's the Chinese uh, firewall. There are Chinese people who are smarter than the firewall. There are. Who know how to get around the firewall? Sure, who have gotten of course. Around the where there's a will, there's a way to get around the firewall. Yeah. And so, I mean, outside of the lemmings, right? The mm-hmm. the people who figured out a way to like explore the world wide web can still do so. I'm with you on this point, Captain. But I, you know, I'm also concerned for other people. I don't like to use the term lemmings or you know some other thing to look down on uh, on folks who just aren't. They're not aware of some of the things that we've become aware of in in the our lifetime. Tech folk. Okay. Uh, I mean, more people are, like you said, getting born with phones in their hands. So, I mean, what do you, how do you describe a tech person? I mean, for instance, like uh, my wife, she's on a phone a lot, but she doesn't know how TCP IP networking works, right? So, like, just because you have experience with uh, tech doesn't mean you know how it actually works behind the scenes. You might not be able to, and like, I can't, like, there's some tech that, like, mm, I've had exposure to, but I can't, exp- I can't teach it. Yeah. Right. right, but like I, I can't tell you all the details of how Bitcoin blockchain works, but I know more than the average person. Right, me too. Yeah. So, so what I'm saying is that uh, the non-adopters, right, mm-hmm. are the ones who are getting pushed around. If you don't learn, if you don't continue educating yourself, you're going to get pushed around. And this is—I don't mean to use lemmings as a, mm-hmm. a word to talk down to people or yeah. whatever, but there are common folk who do not use the internet if they do they they're they're pushed around by it instead of engaging with it on purpose uh they are engaged by it i see what you're saying they're reacting to it right uh so but here's what you need to be concerned with if you're not in the united kingdom if you're in the united kingdom you got a big problem on your hands here with this osb but it could affect the rest of the world because there's a clause in the bill that allows ofcom which is the british telecom regulator to serve a notice requiring tech companies to scan their users, all of them, for so-called child abuse content. See, this is all on the auspices what? of protecting mm-hmm. the children. What does it mean, scan their user? 
meaning your files, your phone, your computer, your whatever electronic tablet, your device. Oh, you mean spy on absolutely every bit of my data. That's what we're talking about. You mean what the FBI is already doing? I don't know. What are they doing? I mean, your phone is a spy device, whether you know it well, or not. Well, my phone and, and laptop my first literally is, have spyware. Are you saying that the FBI will no longer be able to access the UK? <laughs> I mean, they are a producer of child porn. Let's not forget I mean, that. I mean, the post office is monitoring your social media activity. Yeah. So no, we're talking about a scan on the device, okay? And we're not talking about somebody's you know, fi- figuring I mean, Bill out Gates has your- made, already made that a reality with uh, Windows 11, right? Where, Are they doing that now? Well, so what has happened is your computer used to be, well, yours, mm-hmm. separate from the internet. It would yeah. operate and function if you were disconnected yes. from the internet. Uh, that's almost impossible now, mm-hmm. right? You disconnect your computer from the internet, everything stops working. Everything is a subscription-based service now. You no longer can install... Uh, I don't know, a PDF, uh, you know, thing. It's a subscription-based thing where you need to be connected to the internet and verified that you registered, et cetera, and so on. Software is now geared toward the subscription model where even if you have, uh, you know, something installed on your computer, if you unplug it from the internet, it's going to be like, connection not detected. Please register before continuing. We don't know if you're authorized. Right, so your computer... That depends on which PDF reader you're getting. It does, but what I'm saying is that the... um, the curve is geared towards uh, no longer, like your computer is no longer personal. Your computer is now part of the, the internet. Yeah. Mm. yeah, and that is a disturbing uh, trend. It's a trend, yeah. And there's no doubt about it. What we're talking about here is where they will, and, and we, we discussed this with Apple computers, with mm-hmm. their, uh, their iPhone, a certain version yeah. that has come out of the iOS system. Yeah had this scanning mm-hmm. feature, quote-unquote feature, yeah. which wasn't government-mandated at the time. Apple just said, oh, we're going to do what the government sure. wants us mm-hmm. to do without being forced to do it. And they implemented this thing mm-hmm. that is automatically scans photos that you take and photos or whatever that are on your this. phone. Yeah, That's this. what they're talking about doing, but for anything, any tech company could be required to scan their users. This could affect messages and files that are end-to-end encrypted to protect user privacy. As enacted, the OSB allows the government to force companies, government people, to force companies to build technology that can scan regardless of encryption. In other words, they would be forced to build in a backdoor. So there would be no point to having encryption if you have a device that is in the United Kingdom or if a company that considers itself under the jurisdiction of the United Kingdom then just changes all their devices. Because in a lot of cases, when business does something to comply, mm-hmm. like for instance in the United States, a lot of times some businesses will just go to the max on compliance. They'll take the California rules because they're the most oppressive, right. and they'll just go ahead and apply them across their entire uh, right. suite of products or you know, in all 50 states. That way they don't have to deal with like figuring out what they have to do in Connecticut and what they have to do right. over here. They're just going to go to the max. This is so, our policy now. Yeah, right. so this could result here. And in fact, Signal, uh, this is a whole other story, but Signal, which is a, an alleged encryption company, some people have their critiques of, of Signal. They, they say yeah. they're, they're compromised or, or whatever. But the Signal group has announced that they are going to, if they are forced by this bill to put in, uh, decrypt their communications for the 
government, essentially, that they will just simply leave the UK, that they yeah. will not have any kind yeah. of nexus. Yeah, that's, that, that's what there. I figure this is going to end up with, is something like Signal uh, will not be available on Google Play Store, for, for example, UK people, yeah. if you have a, a UK IP. And if they have any offices in the UK, those are going to be closed. Yeah. They're going to completely right. exit that market. Yeah, if uh, it these, looks like you're in the UK, well, you can't download any of these programs. These types of client-side scanning systems, according to the EFF, amount to bugs in our pockets, and a group of leading computer security experts has reached the same conclusion as EFF. They undermine privacy and security for everyone. That's why EFF has strongly opposed the OSB, again, online safety bill, I mean, for years. But it has passed now. This like, is going to become law. I, I get that. All right, here in the U.S., we know that um, the government people in the mm-hmm. at the federal level uh, can, you know, call up all of your communication records on your cell phone, your emails, your texts uh, without... You're talking re- about what Snowden revealed in yes. 2013? Yes. Uh, and also some anecdotal evidence, right? Uh, within your trial, uh, some of my messaging mm-hmm. appeared mm-hmm. Uh, as evidence in your trial, right? And I'm like, okay, now maybe it didn't come that from, was from a my side, but it came from... Yeah. Right, but like... Yeah. They still have access to it. Sure. Right? They have their ways. So now this just includes, what, files on your hard drive as well? Sounds like it. Okay. Hard drive, phone. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. But it's all in the name of saving the children. So, of course, this must be a good plan. Saturday edition coming up in about an hour. You want to join these two guys, Captain Kickass and People's Mountaineer? They are what doing these guys. You guys. Yeah. What do you mean, you people? Is it just the two of you tonight? It is. Okay. On uh, Beard Talk Live. And our callers. Right. Uh, Beard Talk Live is a internet only show. It does not have the FCC interfering with the things that can be said. Uh, it streams on our various video streaming platforms such as Odyssey. And you can tune into that over at watch.freetalklive.com. That's the easiest way to find that stream. It starts at 10.30 or thereabouts, 10.30 Eastern Time. Once again, that's watch.freetalklive.com. Stay tuned for that. I know you guys are going to get into digital IDs uh, tonight, which ties in with the whole cashless society, CBDC, Mm -hmm. all of that. So it'll definitely tie into what we've been talking about. And what we're talking about right now in terms of regulating access to the Internet. Right. That is, I mean, make no mistake, these are all one system. That's the plan. One digital ID that will have your genetic information, your biometric information, all of your money, and will determine what and whether you can access you'll, on the internet. You'll yep. need it to log in. This yep. access to the internet is incredibly similar to uh, when uh, like a new country comes out of some old country or, or if a country devolves into two countries mm-hmm. or whatever. Um we're like, okay, we've determined the borders, and now we must determine who can and cannot enter permissibly. Yeah. Right? That's what they're trying to do with the internet. Instead of just going, hey, everybody can have it, because it's the World Wide Web. Well, governments right? They're going, no, just- no, 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 no. If you live within this specific right. geographic area, you are subject to our rules because we are your rulers. We are your yeah. kings. It can't just And you it. can only do what we say. 
Yeah, they can't just let something be. They have to control anything that moves. Tax it. Anything that moves, regulate it, uh, and put you know anything that's not. You your want to buddies. have a license now to get on the internet? Yeah, put anything that's not your buddy's business out of business. Basically. Like anything that doesn't move, property taxes. There you go. The UK already has licensing for television. And I learned right. recently, it's television. not just the UK. It's also other countries in Europe, like Germany, apparently. Really? Yeah. Not I just the UK. Not aware I did that. not know that either, but some German guy. Like there are literally in, in England that I'm aware of, there are television cops. Yes, that's these right. Are, these are people whose entire job is to go around finding people who are watching television yep. without a license. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> there's a penalty. I wonder, what if they're watching television on their computer? Well, that's what uh, actually it was Ricardo. That's who told it, uh, told it to me. The guy who's the producer yeah, yeah. of the upcoming documentary film about the Ballad Crypto Six. Of Ballad the of the Crypto Six. Six. He is a German uh, citizen. He was, I think, born over there, and so he was the one telling me they have this in Germany. And this may may now be true in the UK as well. But it used to be that if you didn't have a TV, you didn't have to pay for this media permit or right. whatever. Yeah. But now they're basically saying, well. If you don't have a TV, you got to have a phone. You got to have a laptop. You got to have a tablet. Everybody's got something that they can watch media on. So now they have a media consumption tax that you are billed for on a, I think, every monthly or six month basis or something. GFY. Like that. So it doesn't matter. You can have oh, no man. television in your house and you still have to pay this media consumption tax. Tax. Yeah, I How, think this is uh, this is the uh, the beginning of uh, there was a very dystopian uh, piece of work that called this the listener license. Mm. And How do people, uh, his idea, like the idea, was that he was transmitting back in time, so he would tell you all about the world that he was wandering mm-hmm. through. And one of the issues was that this listener license, you know, it started small. Like, okay, well, did you purchase that movie? Well, then we have the record that says that you're allowed to watch that movie, mm. and it just reached the point where you have to have the government's permission in order to read your childhood be- uh, bedtime story. Wow. How do people not revolt against this kind of thing? Because uh, they would rather be certain. It's generations of uh, obedience. Yeah. You know? As long as everyone else is suffering the same way that I am, it must be a good thing. Started small, it got bigger, and by the time it was, you know, a huge problem, it was too late. It's ridiculous. If there was anything wrong with it, I'd have heard about it on the news. Let's get back into the story here, though. This is uh, from the UK, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, talking about the new so-called online safety bill that has passed in the UK Parliament, which could be requiring uh, companies, tech companies, to strip out any sort of encryption, to essentially put a back door in. And if there's a back door in the encryption, you don't have encryption, encryption, okay? Uh, They say here that it's a basic human right to have a private conversation. The right is even more important for the most vulnerable people. If the UK uses its new powers to scan people's data, lawmakers will damage the security that people need to protect themselves from harassers, data thieves, authoritarian governments, and others. Paradoxically, UK lawmakers have created these new risks in the name of online safety. And I'd like to take this moment to encourage any of our listeners that are inclined to do so 
to really put some effort into blockchain social technologies like Noster. Oh, I've heard about this. Yeah, yeah, because these are the kind of technologies that by their nature, you cannot build a backdoor into them. They're uncensorable. Yeah, there's no one, there's no way to do that. Mm -hmm. There's no one who like, oh, well, we have the key, but we'll let you use it. No, Mm -hmm. no, no, you have the key. So in a strange way, not your key, not your communication. Mm. Have you tried it? Um, I'm I'm still poking around okay. at it. Okay. Yeah. I unfortunately cannot because uh, government won't no, let me use right. things I like that. I see it pop up, but much like all of the other, we'll say, uh, more decentralized social media attempts that have been made, mm. none of them are successful. Well, so the, I think the thing that's going to make this By kind successful, of difference, I mean like getting a mass amount of people to join them, mm. right? Well, uh, and I got to say, the adoption rate has, and the content rate on Nostra in particular, have been far in excess of what I would expect from, hmm. from yes, exactly the same sorts of letdown. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we, we had things that weren't quite there at all. And this, by its foundation, is going to, like any kind of technology that is based on this, will, I mean, in the same way that uh, library is a kind of uncensorable way Mm -hmm. of indexing files, this is an uncensorable way of moving uh, communication. So kind of it, kind of in the same way that like, okay, well, eCash got us this far, but it wasn't any Bitcoin. And as soon as you put things together in this particular way, it unlocks this uh, extraordinary ability. Uh, and like, I think these things need to continue to be developed. For sure. Because I like the direction that they're going. I think that what it's going to take, though, is some uh, sort of meta service, right, if mm. you will. No pun intended, and I'm not mm-hmm. uh, saying, you know, the Facebook meta. I'm just saying a service that rides above all of the other social medias. Doesn't matter what it is, whether mm. it's Noster, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or MySpace, whatever, right? I, it's going to take a service, kind of like uh, how uh, some of these broadcast services do for yeah, people like us, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we broadcast a thing. Uh, we use a software to make that broadcast go to multiple platforms, mm-hmm. right? So we're on, you know, like Vaughn and we're mm-hmm. on a bunch of video platforms. We're on Odyssey. We're on, you know, that kind of stuff. And we use one platform to distribute all that stuff. I think what needs to happen is there needs to be a social media company that sort of rides on top of all the existing mm-hmm. social media. You can put your username and password into it for like the non uh, you know, secure social medias like Twitter and Facebook, for example, but it also will carry your completely locked down and encrypted social medias. And then you get to decide if you want to send a message to one, some, or all of your social media. Mm. So you only want to send to your encrypted people. That's fine. You want to send to all of your people, including the unencrypted. That's fine too. I think that that is where ultimately social media is going to go. Sort of social media aggregators. Right. Yes. So a little more about this bill. Because there's more, there's much more to to uh, to. Should I mention when you call it a bill, that means people are gonna have to pay for it. Sorry, uh, <laughs> I shouldn't even call it a bill. It has been passed, so you know, statute or whatever the hell it's gonna Act. be called uh, in the UK. They've made some recent statements, uh, according to the EFF, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, indicating it actually realizes that getting around end-to-end encryption isn't compatible with protecting user privacy. But given the text of the law, neither the government's private statements to tech companies nor its weak public assurances are enough to protect the human rights of British people or Internet users around the world. 
Online platforms will be expected to remove content that the UK government views as inappropriate for children. Now, that sounds way different than, like, child <laughs> sexual abuse imagery. That just sounds like anything that's, quote-unquote, inappropriate, right? Let's take, that's a whole other category. Didn't, didn't we just go through this with Canada, where Canada demanded something? I don't remember what it was. And then, like, some companies were, were oh, no, it was the news. Canada was like, hey, news companies, right. uh, you need to pay some... It was, know, they uh, said that to social media companies. You have to pay the news companies or else... We're going to hurt you. And so the Facebook said, well, we're just going to turn off Canadian news. Right. Yeah. Uh, if they don't, they'll face heavy penalties. The problem is in the UK, as in the US, people do not agree about what type of content is harmful for kids. Putting that decision into the hands of government regulators will lead to politicized censorship decisions. The OSB will also lead to harmful age verification systems, which they've been working on for years in the UK. We've talked about that before. This violates fundamental principles about anonymous and simple access that have existed since the beginning of the internet. You shouldn't have to show your ID to get online. Right. Well, come on. You can trust them with knowing how young your children are. They're government people. <laughs> they wouldn't be involved in, say, like an international child trafficking ring. That just doesn't happen. Age-gating systems meant to keep out kids invariably lead to adults losing their rights to private speech and anonymous speech, which is sometimes necessary. So what they're saying here is a very brief article. There's only a couple more sentences. But what they're saying here is the excuse is the children. The excuse is protecting the children. Always. The, uh, the crackdown is against everyone's privacy in the name of protecting the children. From what? Suggesting that you would need to show your identification to be able to comment on a blog, right. to be able to comment on Facebook or some of these other websites where previously you could just sign up with protecting an email address. Protecting the children from what? Something inappropriate. What? I don't I'm know. not they asking don't get you, to I'm a, asking them. They don't have a list here. There's right. no... And th you know, they never have a list. It'll be, they know they when they see say. it. They'll they say, might never see say boobies, what it is. they might see blood, yeah. they might see all sorts of things that we don't believe that they're ready for. All things that they're going to see anyway. Whatever it is, the list is going to grow, it's going to start with whatever on it, and it's going to expand to have even more, okay? We know that, because government mm -hmm. programs always get bigger, and they always get more invasive. Sure do. And so, essentially, they're saying here that in order to comment on this new version of the internet... You're going to have to be identified because if you post something that's unfriendly to children, they're going to need to be able to send the police after you. Yeah, it's horse and So there goes your anonymous uh, internet posting, at least if you are in the UK. They say in the coming months, we'll be watching what type of regulations the UK government publishes, describing how it will use these new powers to regulate the internet if they claim their right to require the creation of dangerous backdoors and encrypted services, we expect encrypted messaging services to keep their promises and withdraw from the UK if that nation's government compromises their ability to protect other users. So that's a basic summary of what is going on there. It's probably much deeper and much uglier than what they got into. Right, in so how, how is this similar to what Australia is doing? With what? What we talked about earlier. Well, because Australia passed internet restrictions many years ago that were restricting certain types of pornography. They have a block list uh, that exists at the state level as far as certain websites that you're not allowed to access in Australia. So, I mean, they've already had okay. internet restrictions for so, some time. Uh, as I like to say, monkey see, monkey do. When a government yeah. somewhere does something and, you know, it works out for them. Not for you, right? Not for mm -hmm. the, the, the people, but it works out for the government. 
uh, it's coming soon to you, right? So if you combine what the UK is doing with what Australia is doing or has already done, this is an indicator of your future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. That's what I'm saying. I, I think that uh, they pretty much sealed the deal as soon as they had a place called Ofcom. I mean, tell me that doesn't sound like Minitrue. What's Minitrue? Ministry of Truth from 1984. Oh, right, right, yeah. Ofcom sounds like get off communications. Or, yeah. Right? Ofcom. Yeah. It's not Oncom. It's Ofcom. Let's go to the phones here. We got a caller unscreened. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hello, it's Jeremy listening from in Australia. Oh, hey, good morning. Hey. <laughs> listening on Odyssey, or actually just over the phone now. Um, I just wanted to call it and promote the Free Talk Live TikTok channel, at Free Talk Live. Uh, just excellent. wanted to make sure everyone knows there's a TikTok channel. And we have a TikTok channel? <laughs> What's that? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> and hopefully promote the ideas of freedom to younger people. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's something that Aria and Bonnie had started like a year or two ago, and then subsequently they dropped it just because it's hard to keep a bunch of projects going. Uh, but Jeremy actually stepped up recently to take over operation of that channel, and nice. I uh, don't I don't know. Have you put anything there yet, Jeremy? I know you just literally got yeah, the yeah. password for it. Okay, cool. What's new? What's uh, yeah, what have you put three, up there? Three or four. I've just put three or four clips a day of wow. what, what you guys have been talking about on the show. All right, awesome. Well, we'll definitely have to start mentioning it then if there's actually content uh, going up there. Uh, yeah, what, so and thank you. If ever, everyone who's listening who has a TikTok can follow at Free Talk Live and like all the videos. Or if you don't like the stuff about Free Talk Live, that's great too for the algorithm to mm-hmm. go in and comment all the how much you hate everything or how much you love everything. Skeeters go in there as we speak to start spewing off. <laughs> I hate the captain. He hangs up on me. <laughs> All right, great. Well, uh, feel and, free to um, yeah. Go ahead. Ian, I just want to wish you. I just want. I just wanted to wish you luck um, with the the part two of your sentencing hearing. Thanks, uh, I appreciate it. Uh, a week from Monday. Thank you, yeah. I appreciate it. What time is it there in Australia right now, where you are? Uh, it is um, almost twelve o'clock. What? Uh, midday okay uh, so yeah so good morning <laughs> so, uh you're the morning show in australia do you have commentary on uh what we were talking about earlier with regard to australian banks uh getting rid of cash there's a prediction that australia will be fun uh functionally cashless by 2025 no i haven't heard about that but i used to run a i used to run a crypto exchange called spend bitcoins mm-hmm. and i had i it shut down i it was, ran really well for two years, and then it shut down after two years because all the I had accounts at all the major banks, mm. and over the and this is probably 2015, 2016, mm-hmm. they one by one started sending me form letters and closing my accounts until I had no accounts left. Oh yes, I, I'm familiar with these form letters. It usually goes something like, "We've reviewed our account with you and determined that uh, we don't really want to do business with you anymore. Have a nice day, and we won't tell you why." That's exactly it, and they wouldn't let me, yeah. yeah, and nobody would tell me why, except the very last bank finally told me why, and it was probably similar to your situation. It was because they had found that some scams, some <clears throat> somebody had been scamming people and mm. it had they'd bought Bitcoin through, through my company. Um, oh I had no knowledge of it. It yep. didn't make any difference. They just shut it all down. That's how it goes. Sorry to hear that. So you haven't heard anything At about... At least I'm uh, to the um, spiritual retreat, though. 
<laughs> yeah. So but you I, haven't heard I, anything I, about I, uh, I, any of the Australian banks stopping acceptance of cash? Apparently, the uh, oh, do you remember what Macquarie Macquarie Bank? Have you ever heard of it? Mac- Macquarie, Macquarie. Um, Macquarie. Oh, Macquarie. No, I haven't heard any. And yeah, um, no, I haven't heard anything um, about that. I, okay. I try to not to listen to the news. Um, <laughs> do you, when you're out and about, uh, do you mind saying what area of Australia <laughs> you're in? Um, Northern New South Wales. Okay, New South Wales. Wasn't that one of the worst uh, for COVID crackdowns? Mm-hmm. Jeremy? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, I have to go. I'm sorry. Okay, no I'll, worries. Um, hey, thanks man. for the call, man. Have a nice day, no and thanks for the work on the TikTok channel over at, at Free Talk Live on TikTok. I was going to ask him what his experience with paying is. You know, yeah. Are people using mm-hmm. debit cards, credit cards, or is cash still a thing in New South Wales? But maybe we'll hear from him again, and we'll get to ask him then. Let's go to David Hathaway. He's the sheriff in Santa Cruz County, Arizona, the uh, libertarian actual sheriff who uh, is with us here. Go ahead. Yeah. Hi, Ian. Uh, Good evening, guys. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about a murder case that I am investigating right now. We had an individual named George Kelly that came to our county with the intent of hunting some Mexicans. Uh, He wants to use the title of rancher, came and bought some property near the border, and then started to write fan fiction, which you can find on Amazon, about hunting Mexicans, shooting Mexicans with his AK-47. And then, sure enough, he shot himself a Mexican and Mm. then claimed he was being besieged by a horde of Mexicans with AK-47s, which was pure nonsense. And then... Uh, we're doing an investigation on it and got a bunch of, I got a bunch of personal threats against me from a bunch of uh, neocons who was saying, oh, this guy's just defending his country and he, there's stand your ground law. And Where um, did this actually, man find the, the Mexican gentleman to, that he uh, shot to death? Well, what happened was there was two individuals. One of them is a roofer that works in Phoenix, and there was another individual with him going with him to Phoenix. Um, He ambushed them and blasted away, killed the first one right away. And then the other one became my witness. I went to Mexico and tracked him down, um, and they've tried to pay him off and contact the witness. And there was actually a GoFundMe campaign where they raised more than half a million dollars for this George Kelly guy. And then GoFundMe eliminated the account and returned the money because they said we won't, uh, for homicide uh, defendants, mm-hmm. we won't allow a, 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 a funding. But then they went through another one. I think it was Give, Send, Go mm-hmm. or Kickstarter, one of the other ones, and raised money. <clears throat> but now, anyway, I've found the witness that was running next to this guy who and was also shot at by this individual and you know nobody was armed mm. and he admitted to our 911 dispatcher that he'd actually shot this guy and we've subpoenaed his text messages wow. where he's been bragging about shooting Mexicans shooting at Mexicans so it's a interesting case and i've gotten a bunch of voicemail and direct threats to me and to the investigators in the office wow um trying to say, oh, no, this guy's just patriotic, patriotic American. He's doing his duty. Uh, you have a bunch of Hispanics that work for you in your sheriff's office, which we do. And they say, you guys are all paid off by the cartels. And you're just <laughs> trying to uh, go after a good, noble American. But it's had a lot of notoriety, a lot of Fox News coverage and mm-hmm. Newsmax and uh, Zero Hedge, a bunch of other coverage on wow. this. 
And actually, a lot of people in my office, including myself, has been threatened for wow. actually uh, investigating investigating the case. So the neocons, <laughs> the anti-immigration people are claiming that this killer or alleged killer, uh, that this person had defended himself. Where was this incident? I, I mean, you said these guys were going to work. It was- it was on his property right next to where I live. I right, live right next to the border. Very peaceful area. Me and my wife walk mm-hmm. along the border every night in that same area. So, you know, but there is occasional movement of people. You know, they're not armed. You know, they're people, uh, peaceful people coming to the U.S. Look, looking for work. Um, and so he uh, found a couple of Mexicans and, you know, um, about half a mile from where he lives, and was he was hiding in a ditch. This George Kelly guy, mm. I'm sure you can see a lot of articles about it on the Internet, mm. popped up and started blasting away with his AK-47. And then later on, uh, told the 911 dispatcher and recorded calls. So I'm just that, I'm sorry to interrupt you again. These guys were on foot yeah. or they were in a van going to, to Phoenix? They were on foot. Okay. But they were going to Phoenix, they were going to get a ride on a road actually near my house. So his and claim is around. his claim is that these two Mexican guys were on his property trying to kill him, even though he was hiding in a ditch, allegedly waiting to kill somebody himself. Yeah, right. And he claims he was shooting over the heads of a bunch of armed guys uh, with his AK-47. But when the sheriff's deputies couldn't find the body, and he would, he said, well. I might have hit something out there. I don't know. You know, I might have hit something like an animal, a javelina, a coyote mm-hmm. or something. And then when the sheriff's deputies couldn't find the body, he went out at night and hung a flashlight over it and said, okay, maybe now you can find it. At the same time, he was calling a Border Patrol buddy of his and telling him what he had done, wow. not knowing that the Border Patrol agent reported it all to us. So anyway, we got all the forensic examination, the autopsy showing that he shot the guy in the back and... Uh, but Jesus. anyway, it's, in it's the just back. turned into a big, uh, a big news. Uh, Sounds like it. <laughs> so anyway, I started you know, blasting. He's, he's 75 years old, by the way, this uh, George Kelly. He is yeah. uh, an old and guy. And then, you know, there was like 15 casings from his AK-47. Uh, no other indication of anybody else. None this this big gang of people yeah. that he was supposedly firing. Yeah, well, at. there's nothing more patriotic than killing people without a trial. In That's the, what makes us a better society. Yeah. Uh, thanks it's, for the. It's really telling if you look at what he wrote on Amazon, his little fan fiction that he wrote, talking oh about the same thing that he goes out wow. down back to and everything. David, thanks for calling. Thanks for sharing the story and appreciate right. the call tonight. These guys are back in a half hour at watch.freetalklive.com. We'll see you tomorrow. If you want to move to the free state And you're looking for some real estate Well, I know a guy who's really great It's the Realtor Mark Warden Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. 
PorcupineRealEstate.com.